five. Now this is most important, Rat. It comes down to making out whenever possible. Put on side one of Rock All Over You Podcast! Let's rock! Eric and Edwin! Edwin and Eric! They don't give a fuck! They just want you to rock! Yeah! Bam 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 dilly dee! Bam bam bam! You know, every now and then, I think you might like to hear something different from us. Nice and easy. But there's just one thing. We never do anything nice and easy. We always do it nice and rough. So we're going to take the beginning of this episode and do it easy. And then we're going to finish rough. Welcome, everyone, to the Rock All Over You podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Eddie Canastracci. And, uh, Eddie, why don't you uh, do us the pleasure of introducing our guest today? Well, we all know him. We all know him very well. He, he's, he's, you know, love him or hate him. He's, that's Mark Allen Taylor. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> so here yeah. he is. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm here. I can't, I, I can't do the David Lee Roths like uh, the mighty Mick Watkins. I can't go, woo-hoo-hoo-ha! You know, man. Could you what the like fuck a... was that? That sounded like a chimp. I, uh, yeah, I'm a chimp. <laughs> That's you know, Brett Michaels. I'm a monkey. I like the monkey around. like Brett Michaels. Could I like you... the monkey around with people. I, I know what Mark Taylor can do. You, you, you could do, uh, hello, baby. Oh, God, well, let's I not digress into that again. Jesus <laughs> hello, baby. Uh, we saw actually, some that sounded that sounded better than Sammy, actually. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So how you doing, Mark? How's everything going? I'm doing great. You motherfuckers don't like football. Fucking getting into my Niner Cowboy fucking rivalry today. But you know what? I'm a fucking giver, and I'm fucking doing this watching time delayed football right now. You're welcome. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. And thank because you. this is not the Freeform Rock podcast. Mark has graciously muted the, <laughs> the game so we don't hear it in the background. Hey, I got memories from that Laker game winning the championship. That was awesome. I can go listen to that episode anytime now. Yeah, well, I, I think it's great that yeah. you can multitask. So, uh, so Eric, what's going on? You know, we're going to do something a little different this episode. Yeah, we got, we got to, man. We, we yeah. have to. It's uh, very heartbreaking news. And uh, uh, we... Uh, just uh, for all of our listeners out there, I mean, all all that are in the RMCP Army that we know are listening to this episode, uh, we lost some of our good brothers, uh, Mr. Donnie Allen. Um, well, when was that, Ed? Was that like, uh, I was like, wasn't that like Friday that we got the news? Yeah, it was just a couple days ago. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll probably be a week from today when people are finally listening to this episode. At least that's what we're going to shoot for. But it just happened a couple days ago. It was shocking. Because he was still it, it posting was. things like early January, like just a few weeks ago, he was still posting things. He had a post about Oreo Speedwagon. Like, yeah. And uh. I, I apparently a few people knew about this. I didn't even know, to be honest, I, because he was really keeping this close to the chest. I didn't know Donnie was struggling with cancer. Did you know about this? Me, I did not know, man. Uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously, you know, there's, you know, a lot of people are dealing with stuff. They'll usually, uh, there's a few people that'll tell, but they try not to say too much. And uh, yeah, I was I was shocked. I did not know, and uh, it, it it just broke my heart, man. I've I've known him for a long time. Like I never knew him like personally, but I mean, like you know, he was always commenting on stuff. Just he's a real great guy, you know, music lover. 
um, was a you know OG for uh, the Rock and Metal uh, Combat podcast. Um, you know the reason we're all together. You know why we're all friends, and uh, it's, it's just a heartbreak, man. It, it sucks losing someone. Uh, it's not easy. It was just uh, it, it really broke my heart, man. Here a drink, a drink to Donnie. Here it's for Donnie. Cheers. Love Cheers. you, brother. Miss yeah. you. Brotherhood, and of course from all over the country. You know, there's so yeah. many, and I feel very connected to all of you, and I think it's a beautiful brotherhood, and, you know, we're just going to keep on rocking and doing our thing, you know, as an extension. You know, we're our, we're a different podcast. We're our own podcast, but we are part of the RMCP Army. We always will be. That's just who we are. Like it or not, that's who we are. And we work things out like they're, like a family, like a family. God knows there have been many times where Mark has been on... He, he fights with a lot of people. Not me. me and Mark usually get <laughs> yeah, along. Yeah, half those people you said, I, I'm not friends with anymore. <laughs> yeah, Mark, yeah. Mark is a feisty little motherfucker. Yeah, a feisty guy. You know, one thing people... I don't know if you mind me saying this, Mark, but Mark, I, I'm kind of spilling the beans on something. Mark once told me, because he was starting some indirect shit with me once, the... Uh, <laughs> Back. And I was like, because we weren't sharing him enough. Ooh, boo hoo hoo. We weren't sharing him enough. So, 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 I, I, I sent him a message. I go, what the fuck, Mark? What are you doing? <laughs> well, you, know, you know, we're busy people. We're not always sharing, you know? I mean, some of us have jobs where we can kind of maybe on the side do some shit. Some of us don't, you know? It's not saying one job's better than the other, but it's different. That's all I'm saying, you know? And Eric's the same way. Eric's job is actually the most taxing. You know, he's like out there shoveling snow and shit. He can't fucking. I'm on call uh, every other week. Yeah, he's on call. You know, so we all different kinds of I'm also of going jobs. through what, some what, shit what, in my what, personal what, life that, what I'm not, getting, that we're not well, going to talk doesn't, about. It doesn't stop him from sharing other people's podcasts. And no, he never no. shared mine <laughs> until the last two weeks. But so. here's the, oh, well, we're I'm making sure. I, I will say, though, Mark, I, I will admit, man, I... I probably could have shared your podcast a lot more, and I actually am. You know, anytime I see you post something now, I'll share it. The only thing is, I just can't write a paragraph being like, "Here's Mark with another." You know, I can't. You that's don't like what need I can't to do. just share. It. Just share it. So I will. Hey. I will share yeah, it now. I won't be able to write like a like a personalized like thing, but I will share it now, and I'm I'm making sure I I do that because I I do appreciate you, man. You do you've helped out a lot. There are a lot of times I've had issues with Podbean. You know, like the whole Sergeant Pepper fiasco that we had a couple weeks back. Um, you know, a lot of different things where you're helping me like while you're at work, and so. I'm you know, fucking I, cooking corn dogs, bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, watch, trying to help you. Yeah, but that's why been, I was so buttered. <laughs> You've been cooking corn dogs for so long, you could probably do it in your sleep. <laughs> well, when I'm not there, I get told we miss you. <laughs> hey, listen, I really want to help Mark out. That's why I'm only going to share your shit when it's good. <laughs> you know, you know. I want to help you. I want to help you. <laughs> if it's a bad album that Lee gives me, like the Shags, that shit's got oh, 90 Jesus. downloads, more than Metallica's I shared, I shared that one. That's I know, but I'm like... I think I shared that one, too. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, the Shags get more downloads than fucking my, my, big, my biggest YouTube video is the Melvins. It blows away my fucking Beatles video, which has very oh, small damn. numbers. <laughs> yeah, sometimes if you, if you fill a niche, that's the thing. It's like a vacuum. And, like, with Metallica, yeah, a lot of people are listening to Metallica and posting shit about Metallica, but how many are doing, like, the Shags? So that's the thing. So if you are that's looking true. for something for the Shags, your thing's going to be, like, 
up there, you know, front and center. They're going to go, oh, shit, someone's actually talking about the Shags. So I'll listen to this shit. But the serious, seriously, Mark, not that I wasn't serious before, but Mark Mark messaged me one, uh, during one of his little hissy fits. He, 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 he messaged me when I call him on it. I go, what the fuck, Mark? And he goes, I'm just shit stalks. Stirring. You know that's what I do. That's my brand. Like that's his brand. He's like, that's what I do. I shit. You're like a. You're like one of these '80s wrestlers. You know. Yeah, you're like the '80s wrestling villain. Like in real life, you're a good guy, but you put on this persona for the world to see. That like, you know, oh, I'm Mark. You're like, watch out. You know. Yeah, yeah. If well, you don't like I... what I have to say, fuck off. <laughs> I guess right here. I gotta compete with all you guys, man. I gotta make my own niche. You know. Shit. <laughs> it it but, was funny when we had our little thing on like Facebook book where like you kind of went off i kind of knew i'm like okay i know like you know yeah part of it's like mark's probably kind of mad because like dude you know you could just share it it's not too hard and but i knew part of it too was mark just being mark you know he was probably a little drunk you know and and every, there are like a couple people that me- i'll leave their names anonymous there are a couple people like messaging me like hey is mark all right like what the hell happened like why is he going on and i'm like it's just it's mark man it's mark it's cool we'll be cool you know that sounds like me defending Lee when people message me as Lee. Okay, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> yeah. Is Lee ever fine? No. <laughs> but he's my yeah, brother, and yeah. I love him. Yeah, this, this is a thing too, Mark. I, you did make one comment I want to address, okay? And you kind of alluded to it again just a little bit ago. Okay, for one thing, I'm an administrator of the RMCP Army in addition to our own page. You know, I do that along with Mick. So, (laughs) obviously, when the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast posts something, it's my duty to share it. But there's more than that. There's more than and I want to share it. But there's more than that. You said this comment, you you know, you were making one of your indirect fucking coy Facebook comments. You were like, you were like, Eric, you, you kissed the ass of this one guy from this one podcast and he does nothing to promote your show. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but that's more or less what he said. <laughs> now, let me tell you something, all right? I just want to say one thing about fucking Dr. Fuck, Ralph Vieira. He, you're, again, I love you, Mark, but you're totally wrong on this count. Ralph has done so many things. Not only has he guessed it on our show several times, uh, next to Mick Watkins, he's our most reoccurring guest. So that in itself, Ralph bringing his star power in his charisma and you know his his skill as a podcaster to our show is in itself doing something and those episodes get big numbers with ralph on them get big numbers plus ralph does share those episodes when he's on and on top of that just speaking for me personally ralph over the years has been very encouraging and has promoted my videos several times my youtube videos he has talked up my videos on his videos he tells people, go check out Edwin Canestracci's videos. You know, so Ralph has done a lot to promote both me, you know, by myself as a YouTuber, but also me and Eric. He was even on the show back before I was on, back when it was the Metal Dungeon. Didn't he do a show with Bill Wang, the Judas Priest yeah. show? Yeah, yeah. And just so for the record, on the Metal Dungeon I, too? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. On, yeah, you're on, the, you're you're on a couple it, episodes. Always make it about you, Mark. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's always what about, about me. me. What about Come me? on. What what I'm getting at is it was not a it was not a true statement. Again, I'm not saying maybe you didn't put think about all that and you didn't know all about that. But yes, Ralph has been very supportive. And you know what? And just in general, we wouldn't even be here, all of us assholes, 
all of us assholes talking if it wasn't for Ralph, you know? Because even, even before the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, you know, I came to that podcast because of his almost human videos on YouTube, you know? So, I mean, Ralph is kind of, he's the guy that started this all. Like, we wouldn't be here without Ralph. So He gave birth to it. He gave birth to it. So, okay. it, so it's, not just, it's not just empty ass-kissing. It's paying respect to the man who's earned that respect, you know? And so that's that's what I thought anyway for a couple seconds when I saw that comment. And I was going to say something, but then I said, <laughs> fuck it. I'll say it on the podcast. I want to say it on the podcast. And But on the same tip, I want to say a lot of people, they see this evil, bad, like, wrestler villain side of Mark. But Mark is a good guy. Let me tell you something about Mark. Mark. I'm going to tell a story, a little little anecdote. You know, Mark was, uh, we went and saw the last, uh, last time I saw Judas Priest in L.A., I saw it with Mark and it was Vincent, right? Wasn't you, me and Vincent? Yeah. yeah. We got a yeah. video. Yeah. So, so we met up at the Rainbow and then we, and then we went and saw them and it was an amazing show as always. Priest, you know, it's awesome. Queen, Queen's right did not play Saint Lucie. So they, it, it was definitely a good show. It was a very good show. They kicked ass. It was a great show. But anyway, so it was late at night. And just to give you an idea, uh, Vincent lives in uh, Pasadena. I was living in West Hollywood at the time. Mark lives in Orange County. Now no, I live in Rancho. Well, OC, I, where's that? Oh, well, Rancho Cucamonga, down to 210. But so. it's in Orange County, isn't that the oh, county? No, it's in San Bernardino County. Oh, oh, God damn, it doesn't sound as cool as OC. Okay, well, yeah, how, I, but it's pretty far, though, right? That's yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so it's pretty far. It's about, like, what, at least an hour and 20 minutes from West Hollywood, from where I was? Okay. Yeah. So I knew that when you said that, and uh, yeah, and we're, we've been drinking. We bought some expensive beers there, and it was late at night. It was after midnight, you know. And I'm, I turned to Mark and I go, "Well, dude, you know, it's pretty far. Really, don't worry about it. I'll just, I'll just Uber back. You know, I'll get an Uber. I'll pay the money. I'll go Uber." And Mark's like, "No, no, no, I'll take you." And I go, "No, no, it's pretty far. You gotta drive all the way back after taking me." And you know what Mark said? And it stayed with me. He says, "Don't leave a man behind." <laughs> he said, "You don't leave a man behind." And he, said, he just gestured me. He just gestured me along, like, you know, cut that shit out. Come on, it's a brotherhood. I'm ta- I'm taking you home. And that's the kind of guy Mark is. That's he the play- kind of Mark is. He'll drive you, and he, you know, he plays some good tunes. We listen to some Rush and some Black Crows, and he dropped my ass home, and then he drove <laughs> all the way back to wherever the fuck he lives, an hour and twenty minutes away. Hey, did he play uh, "Take Me Home Tonight" by A Money? No, that would have been. Ah, oh, you fucked up. You should. Yeah, that would have been perfect. That would have been That would have been good. Why do you want Edwin to be my little baby? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that, so Mark might seem like an asshole to a lot of people, but he's the, th- the type of guy that won't leave a man behind, and he's he's a good guy. Although he was he got fuck- you on your side. Although he was fucking wrong on that. Eric is kissing ass to Raphael, and he does, and Ralph doesn't do anything to promote the show. Ralph does so many things to promote the show and us and inspire Mark, us. Yeah. Mark, here's why I kiss Ralph's ass more often. Like, like you know, Raphael, Doctor Fuck, that man has a clean ass and he shaves it. Like Mark, Mark, <laughs> your your butt's a little hairy. I, I don't yeah. like hair. Yeah. I don't like that oh, it's that picture that I shit. sent you last week, right? Okay. Yeah, it was that picture. <laughs> yeah. I woke up and I'm like, oh, what's this? Oh, God. Plus, you're snorting fireball, you know? Who knows what's going to happen on the <laughs> other end? 
Yeah, but the thing is, I didn't say Ralph's name, and now Ralph is going to listen to this <laughs> and, like, get on my ass and do another Balance oh, episode. With oh, Ralph. Thanks, guys. Oh, oh Ralph. <laughs> Everyone knew. That, that's Everyone it. knew. Everyone knew. And that's why I went to wait and just say it out there. But you know, <laughs> we're family. We work our shit out. You know, Mark? You know? Yeah, it's like you might be an asshole, but you're you're our you're our asshole. Just yeah. and, and actually, that's a good segue. I just want to say something about David Crosby. <laughs> okay, listen. I know a lot of people in the RMCP army hate David fucking Crosby. Uh, they both don't like his music and they hated him as a person. Fair enough. That's what I said. But I'm consistent with my fair enough. Everyone knows I have more eclectic taste than a lot of people in the RMCP army. And I also don't, I, I don't identify as a, as a metalhead. I don't know. We've discussed this before. I don't either. Do I? Yeah. And neither is Mark. Yeah. And we don't all identify as a metalhead. I, I think of Erica a little bit as a metalhead. Yeah, I think I'm probably the most metalhead between the three of us. Yeah, uh, but I don't... But he I, watches I, that movie with Amy Joe, whoever the fuck she is. Oh my That's god, here's the deal, here's the deal, That's Mark. That's not metal at all. Susie Q was like, I was a 90s baby, Mark. Susie Q was like the, like one of the first movies I remember seeing on, on the Disney Channel. I'm going to call it The Disney Channel. I like to put the in front of things to sound like an asshole. But I saw that movie when I was like, even before kindergarten, I was like a four years old, and I fell in love. I fell in love with her from that movie before I even saw her in Power Rangers. And that's also where my Converse kink started, was that movie. That's Makes a lot of sense. It's, it's something about it. I saw her in that movie. She's wearing Converse throughout the whole movie. I'm like, wow, I kind of like that. It's making me feel a certain way. I'm well, going to stick with that. I call you an open-minded metalhead. Like, you do well, like other kinds no, of I like some shit. I love like, Am- Well, actually, all metalheads love Amba, well, well, so... Yeah. Edwin, do you know what he also told me when I called that movie Fluff? I said, this isn't like it's The Godfather. And he says he doesn't really care about The Godfather, and I just go, I'm I can't I'm not as big a fan of The Godfather. You know what? didn't do anything for the, me. The fact that he hates New York pizza, it's all adding up now. <laughs> <laughs> I hate New York pizza, man. It's yeah, how could you not like The Godfather, man? What the fuck is wrong hey, with hey, you? Hey, hey, I wasn't like... I, Oh, the Godfather sucks. I was just saying, like, oh, it just doesn't do anything for me personally. Yes, well, I don't watch, you to watch that shit with Amy Joe Johnson over the Godfather. I like the Money Pit better than the Godfather. Well, the Money right. Pit's a great movie. I fucking love the Money Pit. That movie's awesome. All right, this ain't free form. I'm gonna bring this back on track. Here. Yeah, let's get back. <laughs> you, you want free jazz conversations? Listen to the Free Form Rock podcast. But we run a tighter ship here. Now, listen, what I was Very getting tight. at. What I was getting at is really, yeah, Eric burps more than Lee. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, we run a tight ship with belching. I have belching. a sexy burp. With belching. <laughs> it, it's the, it, Eric's belching is like a metrodome. Keeps I, told, I told Lee, go ahead and burp all you want anymore. Don't mute it because I've heard the Rock All of You podcast and Eric's like, Ugh, all the time. <laughs> so I'm like, just do what you want, Lee. It's Eric's trademark. Anyway, yeah. so this this is the thing. Okay, David Crosby, I understand a lot of people hate him. One of the main things, though, they hate him because he said he didn't like Eddie Van Halen. I'm paraphrasing, but essentially he said his music doesn't do anything for me. His guitar playing doesn't do anything for me. He did walk it back a little bit in a subsequent statement where he's like, oh, I can hear that he was, you know, very talented and, of course, a gifted musician, but it's just not my kind of music. Like, you know, he's just being like, it's not my kind of music. And, And yet, you know, this is the thing. It's just like there's this idea that everyone has to like what you like. 
this kind of brings back what we were talking about, Eric, about, there you go, music elitism. <laughs> and I, but, but seriously, knuckleheads, listen to this. This is what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is I love Eddie Van Halen. You know, I, I don't share that opinion with David Crosby. But David Crosby had a fucking right to say that. That's his fucking opinion. We don't all, yeah, we right. don't all have to like the same shit, <laughs> you know. And then well, people well, like this guy died. Is, it was bad timing that when he did it. Well, no, it's the yeah. way he said it. Because here's, yeah. I'm gonna use two examples here. I'm gonna use my uh, the amazing Stephen Piercy, who does follow me on Instagram, and I'm like very flattered. Uh, but the amazing Stephen Piercy, when Neil Peart died. When he was asked about Neil Peart in like an interview, like right after Neil Peart died, um, he mentioned like, um, you know, it's, you know, uh, you know, he mentioned, you know, I feel, you know, you know, thoughts and prayers to his family and whatnot. And he's like, you know, I never re- personally was that into Rush. He was respectful. Whereas David Crosby's first statement when, you know, with A. Van Halen dying, he was just like, meh. You know, yeah, he was being kind of a jackass about you, it. You know what Paul McCartney's first statement was after John Lennon was killed? Oh, what was it? It's a drag. Oh, damn. Yeah. There's some bad, bad blood there. God damn. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. Uh, if we I had a nickel for every asshole thing Keith Richards said. But yeah, people oh, forget. Oh, that guy's an asshole. Oh, he's, well, he, he has said cunnier things than fucking David Crosby for years. But no one cares because they like Keith Richards and they like the Rolling Stones. You know, this guy did folk rock that they don't really like, so they want to jab into him let me oh, let's, I, I like crosby stills and ash oh, I, crosby stills and I, ash I hate the song judy blue eyes though yeah. that song was like they played that song non-stop at whole foods and it always seemed to play it like when i was having a bad day <laughs> that whole foods i probably hate it too but that that, that, that song always played when i was having a bad day at work so but i yeah, hate that song. The dude that you know almost cut my hair awesome fucking rock anthem i love about, ohio ohio yeah, fucking kicked ass ohio was well, awesome that's that's essentially neil young but yeah he's singing on it it is technically a crosby still snatching young song i i'm a fan i like david crosby stuff i think his first solo album is a cool trippy jazzy pro, you know prog rock folk rock album that's really great people should check that out if they're you know open-minded but what i'm getting at is even if you fucking hate the dude listen that dude, his whole life, was always putting his foot in his mouth. That's who David Crosby is. The, the, there was a documentary about him a couple years ago, which I saw. I was at a screening uh, at which David Crosby himself was at the, the screening, and there was a Q&A afterwards. In the documentary, they were addressing the fact that he was an asshole, and he was talking about it. Like, it, <laughs> it, like maybe a lot of people realized that because he just fell under the radar with the Eddie Van Halen thing. But that's always been his thing. He's always been that guy that said things that rubs people the wrong way. And, you know, like Mark. Like Mark. <laughs> Not the musical talent. You're, you're like Mark, but uh, Mark doesn't have the musical talent. Yeah. But, but I guess it gets into, but then I, I was thinking about this because I was thinking about, like, the other day, like, where you're, like, like some guy was. Oh, yeah. Selling yeah. because like, you considered rap metal. And like, yeah, rap let me uh, let me go. On. I'll take this one. Yeah, yeah. There's you know, I I am probably the most metalhead between the three of us. Um, I'm I wave the flag for heavy metal music, uh, but I still deal with a lot of shit because I love hair metal. And trust me, I love Exodus. I love you know some heavy fucking shit. But I also love Rat. I love Dokken. I love that shit. I consider it fucking heavy metal. How it's a different Dokken style of metal. and Rat hair metal, though? That's it's poison. just, it's 80s metal. Mark, it's 80s metal, goddammit. I like hair metal. I love that term. I like it. I think it's I fun. I don't like that term. I think oh, it's God, disparaging. God. 
Oh, I don't. I, I I'm actually with Mark on it. I don't like it. I I, I love it. Why does I, everyone hate it? I, I like. I I I prefer. If you notice, I use glam metal. I hate I, glam metal. I, don't I like, think glam see, metal. Is less I hate just, that word. I don't. That's think a that's, dirty word. I don't think that's because you've got glam rock people. Well, like they must. Dave Mustaine ruined the term glam metal with the decline of Western civilization. Well, he was, you know, hey, listen, it, it was a funny statement. It was but, funny. But, but what I'm getting at is, like, we called, like, David Bowie and that, you know, wave of people and Lou Reed and, uh, you know, and all that stuff and T-Rex. We call that stuff Motley Hooper. We call that stuff glam rock. So, it, and that did influence a lot of those bands like Motley Crue and stuff. And the th thing is, glam is not just the image. It's kind of like there's a glamorous lifestyle to it. Like, rap yeah. did like glamour. They were into, like, Marilyn M Monroe and steamy streets at night. And the, there's, to me, it's like kind Jews of... Priest meets Duran Duran, basically. Yeah, yeah. So I don't see glam as, as negative, whereas hair just makes it literally about the fucking hair. Like, that's <laughs> it. I think so, it just sounds cooler. But yeah. no, so, I guess, yeah, the, I'm on this page, Motherfuckers of Metal, I believe it's called, or something like that. Yeah, fucking Melvin. Yeah, and they Now, that guy's fucking metal. He's more metal than, than any, any, of any human being that lives. I love that guy. So, yeah. um, I love Metal Bean. Yeah, so one of the posts that they made was, uh, one of the posts they made was, what's the sexiest metal song? And, you know, we use that word a lot, Edwin, sexy. Yeah. If you made a drink, if you made a drinking game for our podcast, like how many, like take a shot every time we say sexy. Like I'm pretty sure you could die of alcohol poisoning from one episode. Yeah. But sexiest metal song, I'm like, well, two that come to mind: "Take Me Up" by Wasp, and then "Lay It Down" by Rant. And it's lay like, it well, down. some elitist motherfucker, like it's not metal, and like just went on this whole tirade and just acted like a complete dumbass. And it's just, I hate that whole elitism in fucking metal sometimes or it's like you know there's certain shit like if it's not brutal enough or if it's not heavy enough it's like it's not metal you know it's man it, there's more shades and whatnot to metal you know it's just uh, it pissed me off because i'm just like god damn what, what a fucking close-minded asshole i get that all the time i totally agree with you uh, I have my uh, I have a Def Leppard video on YouTube. It's one of my more popular yeah. videos, and it's upcoming episode too. Yeah, and we might have an upcoming Def Leppard episode. So there you go, and we'll probably say oh. "sexy" a few times on that. Oh and, yeah, <laughs> but anyway, like, I love Def Leppard. You know, you, you'll love this. Uh, it's a you know it's an album everyone loves. So that's I always right. I dig Def Leppard. Yeah, but but. On this video, it's a video just about their uh, first two albums, and it's a uh, it's it's part of a series. I did I, I ended up not finishing the series because it, it initially wasn't that popular, so I just did three. It kind of gained steam later on because some of my content's fucking evergreen, so it like builds up later on. But at the time, it wasn't uh, doing so well, so I kind of moved on to other shit. But it was initially this idea I was going to do a bunch of new wave of heavy, uh, new wave of British heavy metal videos. And I included Def Leppard in that because their first album is a new wave of British heavy metal album. Yep. It is. I'm sorry. It fucking is. It was considered back in the day. Sounds Magazine, their fanzine, that was like, like at the cultural core of that movement, was always talking about Def Leppard at that period. And they were touring with a lot of those bands. Like, yeah, they quickly left them. They were kind of like Chevy Chase on SNL. Like, but... 
they were there in the very beginning and they were part of that movement. Like I said, they left by high and dry. They had already kind of moved on to being a, a bigger international act. But with that first album, they were a new wave of British heavy metal act. And, you know, that video gets a lot of views and a lot of people love it. But I've gotten a lot of people coming on. A lot of these same guys, same type of guys that, you know, that guy that fucked with you on the rat thing. I got yeah. a lot of people going, oh, more like new wave of British hard rock. And like, you know, just going off about how they're not metal. And then one guy was like, I actually got a few guys that said this. They, give, they literally grabbed the Wikipedia explanation for heavy metal. Oh God, they, yeah, and they say, oh. heavy metal, the lyrics have to be about like fairies and nuclear war. <laughs> like, like, what? Yeah, it, yeah, it's what? yeah, it's essentially has to be about fantasy or war or death to be heavy metal. And I'm just like, fuck off. Fuck yeah. off. Seriously. Let me tell you something. The real fucking headbangers in 1980 that were in the fucking, you know, England, moshing their head, you know, bashing their heads to fucking Motorhead and Iron Maiden were also fucking listening to like White Snake and Def Leppard at the time. You know? And they, they were getting fucking laid. And they were getting fucking laid. And you know what? Motorhead, uh, do you listen to half their lyrics? Half the lyrics are about fucking. You know? What is that that chase song, right? That's my ending oh, song for this yeah. Tuesday. The chase is better than the catch. Yeah, yeah. that's that's my uh, going out song on this Tuesday. Lammy was all about rock and roll and having sex. And you're going to tell me Motorhead's not fucking heavy metal? Listen, nope. it's bullshit. And let me tell you something. ACDC was considered metal in 1980. And, and like Bill Wang says, Kiss was considered heavy metal they were, in the 70s. Yep. They were, yeah, they all these still, fucking uh, Monday morning quarterbacks like, yeah. oh, it's not metal anymore. You know, they, well, back then it was fucking heavy metal. Fucking metal. Magic the fucking gathering card playing fucking nerds in their basement. <laughs> they think metal is all about fucking fairies and nuclear war. Let me tell you something. Metal's hey, a battle. It's also I've about some going D &D, out. Though. Hey, nothing against that. Yeah, metal, I love D&D. D&D is metal. <laughs> metal used to be about going out and getting laid. <laughs> it used to yeah. be about that. It was about well, a lot Sunset of Strip, man. Yeah. Shit. You know, even Metallica, and this is going to be a good segue, but Metallica, on their first album, Kill Em All, which I still think is their most metal album, their first album, you know, there's songs about just fucking shit up and having fun and getting drunk and fucking, you know what I mean? Like, you know, they, didn't get, they didn't get more serious until the next album, which is a fucking masterpiece. Don't get me wrong. I love writing. my favorite. It's my favorite, too. But Kill well, Kill 'em All is my favorite because that got me into like thrash. Kill 'em All is so. my second favorite, and I will say this for Kill 'em All: it's still to this day the most fun Metallica album, unless you count oh, like yeah. the, the Garage Days, like revisited, e you know, re-revisited EP. But uh, Kill 'em All is a blast, and you know what? This box that these fucking metalhead elitists put metal into is one of the things that makes metal a drag. It's one of the reasons why sexy, beautiful women don't listen to metal like they used to. You know, Real. metal used to be more inclusive and it was about life. You know, it wasn't about hiding in your basement. It was about fucking life. You know, and there's many ways to skin a fucking cat. There's many ways to fucking headbang and thrash around. And if you just want to pay attention to the lyrical content to make sure and go through some checklist of purity. Oh, it's saying about this. It's saying about that. Man, that's not fucking rock and roll. That's why I love fucking rock and roll, and that's why I love the term rock and roll, because it's what these fucking nerd metalheads can't embrace. You know, and even like, you know, you can't be more fucking metal than Metal Bean, you know? I always say Metal Ben. Is it Metal Ben or be Metal, metal Bean? Metal Bean. 
<laughs> Mel hey, hey guys, can cool, I say yeah. can I say something real quick? Yeah, go go for it. Niners won! Fuck the I, Cowboys! I was waiting for that because I saw the results on my uh Fuck on my yeah! Google. Fuck the Cowboys! Fuck you, Dave! Alright. Uh, great, there goes all of our cowboy uh viewers, all of our cowboy fan viewers. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> man. At least, at least I'm at least I'm gonna be fucking uh focused now. <laughs> okay, good. You got your focus out. Like, but... It's like you busted that nut now you can finally focus. Yeah, now okay. I can talk shit on the Cowboys fans. Okay, Metal <laughs> Benjamin. Let's, let me tell you Metal <laughs> Benjamin is his he's, government he, name. You know what's great about him? He's like a real metalhead because he will, he does include shit like Dockhead and yeah. White State. Like, you know, he has, even though he's just about metal and he's more metal than any human being that ever lived, he has an open mind about what metal is. And he's not one of these, you know, he doesn't have this, he doesn't, put it into this new context. He exactly. knows what metal was in the 80s, like Bill Wang used to say. Metal had a different definition. When I was a little kid and my brother was listening to, to Def Leppard, that was fucking heavy metal. That was back then, before hysteria, that was heavy metal. You know, even pyromania was considered heavy metal. Deal yeah. with it. That's Deal what with it. it That's just the reality. So, sorry that that metal in the past doesn't fit your new bullshit Dungeon and Dragons version of it now. So that's it. That's all I got to say yep. about that. Yeah, and, you know what? Can I say something right. about Eric? Yeah, he's he's kind of a metal elitist, man. No, he goes off I, on I, shit that I, that, that I like. I Hagar and Extreme. That's like... That's like he's that's he's that's Jack and Wolf. He generally doesn't I, like it. I'm talking about poison. It was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. No, he doesn't poison. like shit. Poison are like a bunch of like jocks in high school that were like, hey, we can start a band. It can't be that hard. You can get dude. a guitar and a bass. CC gets easy. a lot of shit, dude. CC gets a lot of shit. Oh, you know, I, I respect CC. I mean, the guys got a guitar down falling the, down the stairs. That guy's yeah. always falling down the stairs to record a solo. Come on, man. Listen, do you really think Poison would be half as popular as they were if a lot of women didn't want to fuck Brett Michaels? No. Well, there you go. The truth. It was yeah. fun music. <laughs> if, if Brett Michaels looked like Lemmy or Udo Schneider, Poison hey. would be like nothing. They'd be working at 7-Eleven. People shit on fun music, hey. man. It's Listen, not fucking There's science. nothing fun about listening to Poison. Hey, it Mark, is to me. Mark, I mean, know, it's funny. Yeah, stroke him. Stroking my dick against a uh, fucking picket fence is fun, but I don't want to listen to it. Mark, <laughs> man! Oh my god, look what the cat dragged in. Living my life, sit up, oh, and comes up, and I do okay. it again. Oh my okay, god, Mark, my Mark, god, look what the Mark, cat dragged in. Mark, Come on, that's fun shit! Mark, this summer, we'll do a uh, poison thing. Alright. It has to be in the summer when my fucking brain cells are a little dead. Alright. <laughs> one, one last thing to bring it back to real metal. Metallica. It's in their name. It's in their name. They, you know, Even though there was a period in the mid-90s where they were dicks about that. But they came back. Now they have to embrace it, of course. Because that's the thing. You gotta eventually embrace metal because, you know, that's what people want and that's what's gonna, you know, get people to see your shows and all that. So Metallica came back to it. But whatever. Listen, Metallica, I don't want to digress about this, but Metallica, they themselves are band, you know, a band that a lot of people love to hate. And I'll just say this about the new song. I get why people think it's boring, and I get why people aren't too excited. And keep in mind, I like Megadeth more than Metallica. But here's, but here's the surprise. Here's the surprise. You want to talk about metal elitism? I actually love the new Metallica song. 
Right on. Now, are you talking about uh, Arrow Flukes or whatever the hell that's... No, no, it? I'm talking about... Are you talking about the su- Suicide song? Suicide. Suicide. I can't pronounce that word right, so please don't make fun of me. Well, you know, I can't pronounce Lee's last name, so I'm with you on that. So. <laughs> But the uh, no, I like this uh, the new uh, lady. It's not the first. You know, Metallica sings about suicide quite a bit. Um, uh, but screaming suicide is actually the name of the song. It's a stupid title. But anyway, but it regard, dumb. it's a dumb title. But I really love the song, and uh, I get it, it. It takes like maybe a second or third listen for it to really get in there. But I love it because it to me it kind of has the vibe of a deep track on the Black Album. Which I love. I love the deep tracks on the Black Album. Like, it's like, yeah, they're obviously, it's not as catchy as the first song, but I actually like it a little bit better than the first song. I think it's a little darker. It's a little meatier. I love this, the sound of the guitars. There's a cool uh, section, like kind of breakdown guitar section after the solo, where they get into a kind of Judas Priest Steeler kind of groove, which I really love. And one thing I will say for, I, I, did, I did like the first two Megadeth singles from their last album better than these two Metallica songs, but... There is a cons- uh, I love that the, these two Metallica songs totally have an old school new wave of British heavy metal vibe. Yes. They both have that vibe. So I'll say this, like, I still give Megadeth the edge on the singles, but if Metallica, and there's a chance that they drop the ball on this, obviously, but if Metallica could be a little more, because as you know, I didn't think that Megadeth album was that consistent. You know, uh, I love some songs on it. I loved about half the songs on it. The other half, I thought, was kind of were kind of lazy or wonky. I, I still think that. What I said in my YouTube video about the Megadeth album, I still think that. And I don't even listen to it that much. It's already one of those albums I don't listen to that much after just a couple months. So even though it did have some strong songs on it, Metallica could still win if they have consistency. That's the thing. If it's maybe there won't be a, a song or two that's as good as the songs that are good on the Megadeth albums. But if they could just do a consistent new wave of British heavy metal style album where all the songs are kind of in this ballpark, it might, I, I, it might have the edge on Megadeth. That's all I'm saying. We'll, we'll wait and see. I mean, it could always be some really lame couple songs on it. It's Metallica after all. So it, it's possible. <laughs> but if they stay in this pocket... I feel like it's going to be one of those albums that might not blow you away, but is a grower over time, and it's an album you can listen to a lot. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping it's like a whole album of just like deep tracks from the Black Album. That's what I'm kind of hoping for, and I really do love the production, and Lars's drums sound great. The production's probably the best-sounding production I've heard from them, from them since the Black Album. It sounds punchy. The guitar tone's good. I like James's singing on the songs. Uh, it sounds just kind of straight up and tough and old school metal, not thrash, just kind of straight up metal. And I think that's fine, especially considering their age. Mick Watkins was more or less saying the same thing when he heard the first single, you know, and I think that's a good pocket for them. It's almost like the Rolling Stones just going straight up blues rock in their old age. If, 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 Meg- if Metallica, uh, Freudian slip there, if Metallica, <laughs> if Metallica could just be a straight up old school metal band in their old years, That'd be awesome. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm rooting for anyway. So but what do you, you think? Do you think Metallica cares, dude? Because they ain't opening up for Five Finger Cock Punch like Megadeth was. 
No, but that's what I'm saying. They could just do whatever they want. And the same reason yeah, why the could. Stones could just play like rootsy blues rock. They don't have to try to cross over anymore. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping Metallica just stays true to their roots of new wave of British heavy metal. You know, shit. If they just make an album that just sounds like it's filled with like kind of diamond head ripoffs. If they do that, I'll love the new album. That's what I I'm just hoping. like how the songs are like under six minutes so far. And yeah, it's like. It's punchy. It's like it's punchy. punchy. It gets to the point. They Iron Maiden could fucking do that. Yeah. Well, you know what, Eric? I'm, I'm going to give you a little thing here. I oh, do like Jesus. the new Iron Maiden album, but it is oh. a little. It is a little overblown. They could have wow. cut down some songs. There. They could have cut a lot of shit out. You of You know, that Aaron, Aaron Camaro of Decibel Geek uh, edited his Iron Maiden songs for those long intros and made it punchier. So it's pretty cool. He took off the, the Christmas music in the beginning. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so like Eric, 20 minute acoustic intro. So Eric, what did you think of Streaming uh, 4 or something Suicide? <laughs> streaming Suicide. Um, <laughs> stop laughing. <laughs> um, it's a serious I'm problem. I'm not laughing if you're, at if you, you have, I can't say Gershman. If you okay, have suicidal you thoughts, Please Google the 1-800-SUICIDE line. It, don't listen to Metallica song. That's not going to help you out. The, the, get some real help. Get some real help. Jesus. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I remember the first song, Arrow Flukes or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> I loved it, man. I, I got Alexa it right Turner. away. Um, yeah, whatever it's called. Uh, I love it because it sounded like Diamond Head or something. Yeah. It was pretty killer. Um, this new one, Scream... I'm, I don't even want to say it because you guys, you guys are going to laugh at me. <laughs> well, I want to hear the, what you say and I'll be right back. Screaming suicide. Uh, <laughs> but so I heard that song. I'll admit, man, it did not grab me. It didn't do anything for me on the first listen. I didn't hate it. Um, it just the song personally didn't do much for me. But I was like, I at least liked the direction they were going in because it still sounded very similar to the first single. It's like, you know, they're going for like more of a it's not real thrashy it just it's more new wave of british heavy metal sound but after a couple listens it, it's starting to grow on me a little bit so i'm gonna listen to it a couple more times and uh you know maybe by uh you know maybe within a week i'll probably you know i'll like it you know i love it though it's it's uh you know i love what metallica's doing i love james's voice that's like the biggest thing because even like on the last album that i actually really loved his voice pissed me off. I like James's like God. It was like ever since yeah. the Black album, he started doing that stupid like Merle Haggard Eeyore sounding voice, and it just always pissed me off. Like hearing his voice just started to piss me off. Whereas now he's he sounds like young James again, and it just sounds amazing. And that's one big thing I love about these new songs is his voice does not piss me off anymore. So, yeah, the, the song didn't grab me right away, but it's starting to grow on me a bit. Uh, but I'm actually, I'm really looking forward to this new Metallica album. I would, wish they'd pick a different album cover, because the album cover looks like crap. It looks like, I, a, I it actually, looks like an I Spy book. I know, listen, I, I'm, I know I'm in the minority here. I actually like the album cover, but, you know... You like I Spy books? No, I over, I never, I, I've never seen I Spy books. Yeah, that's right, you're an 80s baby. I'm, I'm the 90s baby. Yeah, I, you know what, I have a, there's a, I have a prejudice, though. I'm a sucker for yellow black. 
because oh okay yeah because of Rocky two and Wu Tang Clan. I I look at Yellow Black and it makes Rocky 2 is my favorite Rocky movie as if watched by Rocky Rankarama I just swirl but yeah I love Rocky 2 better than Rocky I want Rocky to win damn it yeah I want to see him fucking win (laughs) and my favorite my favorite uh, hip hop uh, outfit is uh, the Wu-Tang Clan Wu-Tang I still gotta do a Wu-Tang video I I have a plan for a Wu-Tang video I've been kind of uh Whole, I, I got I got a special plan for a Wu Tang video, which I will do in the future. And uh, but but yeah, I love that yellow black bumblebee kind of killer bee color scheme. So it, immediately, that's what I thought when I looked at this. You know, I pre-ordered it. So you know, it's kind like how we. Uh, it's kind of like how you, me, and Mick Watkins have a hard on for wood panel walls. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like that. It's like the wood panel thing. Uh, you know, I, I used to have a wood panel wall in my bedroom in Huntington Beach years oh, ago. Oh God, I just came. as a kid, it was awesome, dude. I loved it. I just came thinking about that. I, I, gotta, I gotta get a towel. You know what would be awesome? A wood panel bar, but there's like a yellow black Rocky Two poster like behind the bar, oh, hanging hanging on the wood panel. Oh, oh <laughs> that'd be fuck. And I blast some Wu Tang. I love it because I'm not a closed-minded fucking metalhead. I listen. Yeah, to some- listen. I listen to some hip hop, man. I, I was listening to the Fear of the Black Planet last week. Really really good album. The, the, the fear of the black planet. That's yeah, awesome. The, hey, you should listen to Apocalypse '91 too. The album right after. I should. That's the only one I have though. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. I think you dig that too. It's awesome. Okay, but let's let's segue. Being because we're not just about metal. That's why we're the Rock Over You podcast, and that's a good segue to the album we're gonna be talking about. That's right, the Cars Candio. Even though they're not from California, you know, yeah, Benjamin Orr and Rick Okasik have this very sordid history going back to they met as folk rock singers, actually, in the early 70s. A lot of people don't know that in uh, Cincinnati, actually. They're a Midwest band originally, at least this first incarnation when they were a folk rock band, a little like Cheap Trick from the Midwest. But then uh, Rick and Benjamin moved to Boston and then they had a couple other different bands and eventually those couple different bands eventually merged became the cars they brought in a drummer really awesome drummer i'm going to talk a lot about him too because he's important for a lot of reasons david robertson who was the drummer for the modern lovers uh a lot of i'm sure you know some of our listeners might know the modern lovers but they were essentially kind of like the velvet underground for the 70s they were like a cult loved underground rock group and he, he brought a lot to the band too but we'll talk about that when we get into them but despite all that and despite coming from boston i don't know why maybe it's because they there's you know a, a song that's featured very prominently in fast fast times at ridgemont high but i associate the cars with southern california and like in the valley in the 80s like to me they're like and also their videos like you know it just like to me it's just something about them that just sums up like LA in the 80s even though they're on LA band if you know what I mean Mark you know there's just something about them that's just like cruising around but the thing is you put them in the genre of like REM and freaking B-52s and they were from Georgia so this shit like a new wave shit came from back east basically yeah yeah yeah, what's kind of east, and then it, it came here. But so, so what's your history with the cars, Mark? Obviously, I'm sure you knew the hits growing up, 
But are you? I don't even know if you're a fan of the the cars. To be honest. Oh my god, I love the fucking cars. Dude. Oh, that's good. I'm glad I. I used off to. This I used that fucking Columbia House, dude. I got the greatest hits. You know that song? I know tonight she comes. You know that yeah. was on the greatest yeah. hits, like the one new song on there. And I had Heartbeat City, and I went back and got the the debut album and Candio. And it's like, Candio, you just look at that album cover, you just want to fuck that art. Oh, it's sexy, man. You just want to fuck that fucking artwork, and it's like, come all over it. But, you know, it's your CD or your <laughs> album, you don't want to ruin it, you know? Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to talk a lot about the album cover, don't worry. Because that's same part here, of same David, here, same David here. Robinson, the drummer, drew that, man. Well, no, uh, not exactly. It's a little more complicated. But, I thought that was his girlfriend he drew. Well, okay, okay. Well, some of this is true. Okay, we're going to get into it now, okay? Because okay. you brought it up. Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll get this in. David Robinson is a hip motherfucker. All right, let me tell you about this guy. A, he's a great drummer. And on this okay. album, like, it's, you know what's great about this album? is It was recorded in 1979. If it was recorded in 1984, he'd sound like a fucking drum machine. But because it was recorded in 1979, he actually sounds like a drummer, which is great. It adds a warmth to this. Like a lot of these like early new wave albums in the late 70s, very early 80s are so much better. It's the same with heavy metal with a lot of shit, you know, and a few years later, drumming changed. The way the drums sounded on albums changed. But on this album, especially I, do, I was just spinning the vinyl right now. And let me tell you something, David Robertson, he's like the unsung hero of the cars. He sounds fucking great on this album. And he was a really cool dude. And what a lot of people don't know, like, you know, you know, Rick Ocasek was the main songwriter. He wrote all the songs. So he was like the genius behind the cars and him and Benjamin were the front men that both sang. And, you know, Benjamin, very dreamy guy, very, very handsome man. Uh, and, you know, they're both great guys. They had that Lennon McCartney-like vibe. And, but David Robertson, he apparently brought a lot of the style and new wave edge to the cars. He was, like, kind of a hipper cat. Like, that's the thing. It's like, before they hooked up with Greg, Rick and Benjamin were doing, like, fucking folk rock, you know? And... And David was kind of the hip guy because he was coming off of the Modern Lovers, which were like a hipper kind of uh, precursor to New Wave band. And he kind of hipped them to a lot of stuff and the way they dressed and their fashion and even the name, the cars. That all came from David Robertson. A lot of people don't know that. But he like said we should be called the cars. Like he he kind of saw where music was headed. He was the hipper guy, and he did a lot of their uh, the album art and stuff. And it was his idea that, that what specific now he conceived the album cover. But what they did is they actually got this old guy who's like eighty something years old, who was this artist that he did the uh, he did he his name was Alberto Vargas. He was a very famous pinup girl artist from the, the 40s and 50s and 60s you did stuff for Esquire and Playboy like when you see a lot of those classic uh, pinup girl stuff in the 40s and 50s this guy did a lot of those art you know did that artwork so he had that style so this guy though was retired by this point and you know it's cool ass fucking David Robertson says hey because he knows all about this stuff and apparently he collected like pinup model art and stuff and he's like could we get alberta vargas and find him somewhere to do this 
And the guy was retired, and but his like granddaughter said, "Yeah, the cars are cool." Like she heard like the first album, and and told him like he should do it. So they got this old guy out of retirement, and he did the the photo sh- shoot with Candy Moore, who Mark was alluding to, who was this very fucking hot model, who actually posed on the car. Like there's real pictures. I have the deluxe edition uh, remaster vinyl that actually has the photo shoot inside nice yeah. vinyl records right yeah exactly yeah, I and, get that. yeah and it's great the original yeah and and um yeah so this is like a real person you know i love like it's like in the 70s all those cool hypnosis like album covers like you know from led zeppelin and and pig floyd where you think it's just like a painting and then you find out like they're actually painting a real photograph like they're actually it's like, yeah, this was a real picture. There are real photographs of this hot as fuck model on top of this car. And then Alberto Vargas painted it afterwards, you know? And this was all part of David Robinson's, like, you know, his uh, ingenious mind. And then on top of it, who's fucking this model? He was actually, this was his girlfriend. So the he's drummer, he's a fucking pimp. He ain't fucking A. He ain't a genius like Rick, and he ain't as pretty as Benjamin. But he's the guy fucking fucking Candy Moore. <laughs> yeah, yeah ben, and Benjamin's one pretty motherfucker. No homo. He's a fair, no homo. But Benjamin, <laughs> if I liked a man, I would want Benjamin Moore. To I would fuck, fuck Benjamin Moore, yeah. <laughs> he could tuck me in, sing me a pretty song. <laughs> Fucking suck that fucking lollipop. He could sing Stay the Night from his solo album, and I'd be like, yeah, baby. I fucking stand drive. God damn it. There's nothing sexier and more beautiful than fucking drive. But we're not doing that album. But yeah, Benjamin, Benjamin fucking, I'll just say, this guy, Ben, he looks like fucking, you know, Rucker Howard if he had a handsomer brother. (laughs) Oh my God, I love Rucker Howard. What was that movie where he's blind? Uh, I don't know what movie. He did a movie where he was blind. It was an action movie, you know, Rugger Hauer. I want to see it. That sounds fucking awesome. Talk you never Hobo heard of that shot- movie? Talking about Hobo with a shotgun? No, dude. I'll, I'll look it up. Keep talking. Okay. Yeah, they, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Right, anyway, but they're, they're both pimps. But let me tell you something. Not as pretty as Benjamin. Not as talented as Rick, who also you know was married to a very beautiful supermodel. Uh, but but fucking David Robinson fucked Candy Moore, the real life. Candy O. And not only this, you're going to love this, Eric. I just found this yeah. out. Oh my God, what, what? Candy Moore is also on the Street Songs album. Oh. She's the really hot. She's a blonde. Oh, she's not a redhead. Damn. She's the really sexy. You see her more on the back cover? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, Rick James is like a pimp and he's being busted yeah, by the police and there's two hookers. <laughs> she's yep. a really hot blonde hooker. Oh my god! I gotta look that. I gotta look at that now. Yes. Oh, okay, guys. Oh my god! This, this is the movie from 1989. <laughs> blind Fury. He he may be blind, but uh, Nick Parker Ruggerhauer has a way with the sword. A Vietnam vet pays a visit to an old old, old war buddy, and uh, it goes from that. You know. Oh, so I gotta see that. I, I yeah. love Ruggerhauer. Fucking a blind guy with a sword. Come on! Sounds awesome. And he's awesome. Fucking uh, Nighthawks. Flesh and Blood, Blade Runner. I yeah, fucking Blind love Fury Rock. rules. Spatters. <laughs> I love fucking Rocker Hell. Me but, too. But, yeah. Oh, so, I just, I see it now. Oh my God, yeah. You see Candy Moore? Yeah. You're looking at her and yeah. the songs? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Mark, did you ever look at the back cover of Rick James' uh, Street Songs? No. 
Look, check that shit out. That's Candy Moore. Maybe a future episode, wink, wink. Might be a future episode, but she's got a blonde wig on that one. I'm guessing it's a blonde wig because I think she, uh, from, I think so. Because uh, from the cameo photo shoot, she does seem to be a redhead. But, yeah, I love uh, them redheads, man. Although, although this is '81, so maybe she dyed her hair by '81. Uh, the Street Songs uh, album. But anyway, listen, how she was like the rat chick before the rat chick. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting the. I'm actually getting the Invasion of Your Privacy tattoo on my, uh, I'm getting the Invasion of Your Privacy tattooed on my, uh, on my rib cage, uh, in the summertime. <laughs> well, actually, there you go. But I, I'm getting it customized, uh, uh, that, that chick, Sophie Tight, she's actually yeah. modeling, she's doing a picture to add some, uh, personal touches to it, if you know what I'm talking about. Well, I like yeah. it. Yeah. So this, this gets sexy right. now. How could it not get yeah, yeah, sexy. And Candy Moore. Take a shot. She yep, was take a shot. That was her name. She's Candy Moore. <laughs> I would, I'd like some more of that candy, please. But yeah, it's, it's definitely. It's, it's, so, so that's like the kind of shit David Robinson's bringing to your band. Because you know, not only listen, I mean, well, Rick Ocasek had some like hot chicks. You know, yeah, he was married <laughs> to a fucking yeah. supermodel. Yeah. I know, man, and he was yeah. ugly as fuck. <laughs> yeah, but he was talented. That's what he was. Yeah. Very talented. He, he, uh, he, he wrote all the songs. He's a great, he's an amazing pop rock songwriter. I have most of his uh, solo albums, and uh, he re- he did the first Weezer album yeah, and the third. Great yeah. producer, too. Yeah, great Rick, producer. Okay, sick. I love him. I, you know, I love this whole fucking band. They all brought shit to the table. Even uh, Greg Hawks was actually a good keyboardist. Like, he was actually doing some really good keyboard lines. He's not just fucking around for note here and there. He added to the band. And Elliot Easton, great lead guitarist, does some Amazing. awesome Very good Yeah, I got Very some stuff underrated. to say about both of those during the review. Yeah, so. and, and, and you know, for the for you know their first all their all their great albums is this lineup. That's the thing. They were a great lineup. This was a great band. You know, yeah, you know, Rick was the songwriting genius behind the band, but they were a solid band all the way around, and. You know, it, it, like, not enough people talk about how awesome the fucking cars are, are. They're just really, really fucking great. And this is the thing, too. This is like going back to the like, I don't want to talk too much about the first album, but objectively, like this is my favorite Cars album. Candio is my favorite Cars album. Objectively, I can hear it's the first album. Don't I agree with I agree with you on yeah, that yeah. one, dude. Yeah, I, I can, it's a little burned out. That's the only reason it's not my favorite. But exactly. Candio is like the first album, but not as burned out. So that's so I like it a little bit more. But that first album is it's one of the most perfect debuts ever recorded. And it's interesting because you listen to it now and it's like a greatest hits album. It's like one of those albums like uh, Back in Black or Led Zeppelin 4. Well, I put like, that up with Van Halen 1, too. Yes. But like like Van Halen one, both 1978. Both I feel, game changers. Yeah, I feel I feel like the two albums that most kind of I, I all I can say I feel like the two albums that really created the 80s both came out in 1978, and it's Van Halen's first album and the Cars' first album. Exactly. I, I, right. I feel like those two albums are 80s albums in the 70s, and and it, it, they're right there, like fully formed. Like, there's some bands where they're kind of, like Devo, for example. I love the Devo's first album, but they're not really the Devo that 
we would know in the 80s. That's their third album, which is 1980s Freedom of Choice. You know, it took them a couple albums to get to that sound, you know, as great as those first two Devo albums are. But they still have a little bit of a late, they still have a little bit of a late 70s punk thing on their first two albums. Whereas Van Halen and, and the Cars, there's no like late 70s punk hangover it's like it, this is like the early 80s like respectful respectfully uh it's like van halen's is the beginning of 80s hard rock and, and like you know like la metal and the cars are the beginning of early 80s new wave and it, it, and they're fully formed on those first two albums they're, like there's nothing about them that sounds like the 70s in my opinion and that cars album is so innovative and so perfect and it's it, it's out of the gate they're out of the fucking gate it's a little like i guess the beatles were with not even their their british album the first british album but the first american album meet the beatles exactly yeah because yeah. meet the beatles the oh. it, the beatles had already you know released two albums by that point in the uk they had you know please please me and with the beatles but Capital kind of knew, like, no, no, there's something going on with Flight and McCartney here. Let's forget about these covers. Let's just take these really catchy Lennon McCartney songs and put it front and center. So essentially, it was the Lennon McCartney songs from the first two albums, plus a couple key singles, like uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand. And as a result, you got Meet the Beatles. And as great as, like, with the Beatles and uh, Please Please Me Are, I will hear, I can understand that in America, if you heard Meet, Meet the Beatles as your first Beatles album, fuck! That's like, <laughs> yeah, that's like a big impression. Like, it's like fully formed. But the difference is, that was actually the, stu- the, the record company creating that fully formed album out of two albums and a single, you know? Yeah. Whereas the Cars' first albums like that, just like the first Van Halen album, out of the gate. You know, like that's really just the album they put out. But what's interesting is that first Cars album, it did well. Don't get me wrong. It broke them. And, you know, you know, it got what, you, you know, like got what you needed, you know, um, just what I needed, you know, was a hit. But it wasn't as big as we would think a few years later. Like, you know, just what I needed and my best friend's girls and uh, my best friend's girl and Good Times Roll were actually the only three singles. Like, that's kind of crazy when you listen to the, the first Cars album. That it's only had- like, uh, <laughs> the whole well, album is like, like yeah. first album where you hear every single yeah. song on the radio. A- every song, in, you know, is pretty much on the radio from that album. But even those songs, not, not one of those first three singles broke the top 20. Isn't that fucking crazy to think about? It is. It sucks, you know, because disco was going on at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just what I needed, my best friend's girl and Good Times Roll, they all broke the top 100. They Don't get me wrong, the cars were thrilled with it. They, you know, they were an underground band before that. So, you know, yeah, it was the big time for them. But it was not like this platinum selling success story out of the gate. That was a very slow burn album, that first album, the Cars' first album. And it was over the 80s, and especially after like Heartbreak City, like that people, like that whole album became like a classic rock staple. And all those songs were played so much. In fact, Candy O was a bigger hit when it came out. When it initially came out, because they had built up so much momentum off of the first album, this album debuted, uh, you know, higher than the. It reached uh, um, 
it, it, it broke the top 100, and the the first single from it, "Let's Go," was a top 14 song on the Billboard Hot 100. So that was their first top 20 song, "Let's Go." And of course, that is a hit that's still you know loved today and played on classic rock radio. But essentially, "Let's Go" was their biggest hit at the time, and "Candy O" was the bigger hit. And it's funny because you listen to this album, and although I would say there's really only two or three songs that are kind of like considered Cars classics, and I disagree with that. I think more songs from this should be classics, but it doesn't sound as hit-filled as the first album now in retrospect. But at the time, it was a bigger hit. So I don't know if you guys knew that. Can I can I, I knew, say something uh, to you guys real quick? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Uh, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast just released a new episode. Oh God! Oh, God! I know what Don, I'm doing. In memory of uh, Donnie Al- Donnie Allen. <laughs> but there, there you go. Well, there we'll we have go. to we'll have to share that. Tomorrow. Oh hell yeah! I'm gonna share that shit. Yeah, yeah. But it's the right thing. Landing the dead. Well, I guess I'll go into my my history of the cars. Um, Be right back. I, yeah, I, dude, I fucking love the Cars, man. They're definitely, they're not a metal band. They're definitely one of my more eclectic kind of uh, tastes because there's really no band that sounds like the Cars. Yeah, you can lump them in with like maybe like, you know, classic rock. You could also lump them in with like new wave or pop, but there's just, the Cars just have a sound all their own because, you know, they can do like pop friendly stuff. They also can do some weird stuff, which there's a lot of that on this album. But uh, my first introduction to the Cars was Good Times Roll, but it wasn't the Cars version. So my dad was very much into like a lot of these newer bands that were coming out, you know, Power Man 5000, Rob Zombie. He was getting into a lot of the newer stuff, more so than me. Uh, I was still like into all the old school stuff that he introduced me to, whereas he was starting to go and branch out into like new metal and all these other industrial metal and all this. One of the albums he got was Power Man 5000, and one of the last songs on there was Good Times Roll, and it was a Cars cover. And that was the first time I heard that song. He's like, oh, this is the Cars. And they're a band I knew about because my mom had the C- had like a couple of their CDs, and I had heard that name, but I never like heard the Cars. And I heard that song, and I, I loved it. I thought it was a really cool song. So I went to my mom's, and I when I went back to my mom's uh, after the weekend with my dad, because my parents are divorced, um, I grabbed her car CD, and man, it was just, you know, all those songs you heard on the radio from that first Cars album, and they're just, there's so many classics. It, to me, like I said, it's like the first Boston album. You hear all those songs on classic rock radio, like nonstop. Ironically, though, I never get tired of that first Cars album. Now, when it came to, like, everything else they did, I actually never really branched out and, like, went and listened to the other albums of the Cars. I was more of a Greatest Hits kind of guy. I would just kind of listen to, like, the Greatest Hits CDs, and uh, and that was it, and the debut album, because the debut album was pretty much like a Greatest Hits. You know, there's not a bad song on there. You know, it wasn't until, like, you know, I got a lot older that I really went and, like, you know, listened to albums like Candio. You know, Panorama, I believe it's called, and just all yep. the other albums. And uh, I mean, they're a really great band. Uh, and one funny story about my dad: when I was like 13, there was one time like uh, we went to my my dad, my mom, because my my mom and dad got divorced, but they were very good friends, and they were very like they still remained really good friends. So they would still hang out, and like we'd still do stuff together, you know, which is pretty awesome. 
Well, he wants, like, a get-together with, like, you know, them, my aunt and uncle, my other aunt and uncle, and just, like, a bunch of family, and we were just hanging out, listening to music. I just remember my dad getting super drunk, and uh, there are a lot of songs I heard for the first time that night, uh, one of them being uh, In the Dark by Billy Squire, Cecilia by Simon and Garfunkel, and uh, You're All I Got Tonight by The Cars. Nice. And so, and I, I love all three of those songs. But I just remember driving back, driving back home. My dad's like super drunk, and my mom's taking him back to his place. And we're going back to my mom's place. And then uh, I just remember my dad just drunk, and like you're all I got tonight. Started playing on the radio, ironically. And my dad's like, "Oh man, the cars." He's like, "Eric, I'll tell you, you know, I'm like 13 or 14 at the time. So I'm already, like, it's obvious I'm, like, I'm already starting to get into girls. I'm going through puberty." My dad's like, "Eric." You ever, you know, you ever go to have sex with a chick? He's like, the Cars is like the best band to play. And the song's called You're All I Got Tonight. When the chorus hit, he's just like, see, you're all I got tonight. You're with some chick in your car, like in a car or something. You're like, oh, well, you're all I got tonight. That's all. I guess we're doing it. So I, I just always laugh at that. You know, my mom's just like rolling her eyes. Uh, but the Cars are, man. That's some that's some good sexy music to play if, you, if you're with a lady. I remember playing the cars, you know, when I was having sex with a woman, and, uh, man, it just, it, it sounded right, and I just remember, like, you know, in the middle of it, I'm just, like, thinking, like, oh, man, like, my dad was right, and the girl, and the girl's just like, wait, what, what the fuck did you say about your dad, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I said that out loud, <laughs> not one of the sexiest things for a woman to hear in bed is, uh, oh, my, my dad was right, <laughs> oh, my God, but no wow, joke. But no joke, man, I, I love the cars. They're amazing. And, man, it was uh, it was a treat listening to this album because I hadn't listened to this album in a while, actually. And so it was kind of – it was very fresh. And I've been listening to the cars now, like, pretty much the past two weeks. I've just been on a kick, you know, where I'm just listening to, like, everything by the cars. And they're just so phenomenal. Like I said, they have a sound all to themselves. Like, no one sounds like this band. You know, they just – they have such a unique sound. No one. No one. No one. Oh, and by the way – the, the the cover for Candio is a very sexy album cover. Only thing that could have made, made it better is if that girl was wearing Converse. That would have been even sexy. <laughs> oh, God. I, I love, you, you know what? Ever since you I can photoshopped it, it, that if you want. <laughs> it, oh, I, I'm, I may have to, but it, it's funny. It's like I, I used to keep that a secret for so long. So I'm like, God, are people going to think I'm weird if I admit this? And now I'm just like, oh, man, I'm just going to talk about it all the time now. And I've been sending you pictures of women oh, in Converse. God. Mark, you just because I'm at work when you send those sometimes, and so now I gotta like, you know, like tuck my boner up into my waistband. I'm like, oh fuck! Yeah, I'm yeah, trying to make you bust the nut. And people, what the fuck is I, wrong I with that? I had to go dude? change my underwear one one of those days at work. You're you're a converse sexual. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah, but yeah, you know, I I'm not gonna go off too much. I mean, you know, I was a child of the '80s, so obviously I heard the fucking cars a lot, you know, <laughs> and, and you know, and saw their videos and and, TV, man. and obviously they're I I could say a fair like a lot of a lot of boys that grew up in the '80s. You know, we talked a little bit about this in our last episode, Phoebe Cates. Oh um, yeah, I got it. I like the other chick better though, Jennifer Jason Lee. I love them both. I mean, come on, but what you gonna kick Phoebe Cates? No, of hell yeah, Mark, you gotta kick. Phoebe but it kind of sucks that she's married to Kevin Klein, an old motherfucker. Uh, Kevin Klein. But Kevin, Kevin Klein, who the fuck's he? You don't know Kevin Klein? You don't know a fish called Wanda? My dick's bigger than Kevin Klein. You don't know a fish called Wanda? 
I got a bigger dick than Kevin Klein. Kevin oh, Klein's amazing actor, man. Yeah, uh, let me tell you something, Eric. Kevin Klein's an amazing actor, and, Thank you. and he fucking's been betting Phoebe Cates for about 40 years. Oh, fuck uh, yeah. What an <laughs> asshole. She quit acting. She quit acting over. Because that Jesus is. Christ, she... She quit acting because she's like, I cannot unwrap myself around your loins. I need to stay in this bed constantly. Yes. Hey, that's what a woman. God damn. No, Kevin Klein's the... fucking awesome. He's a fucking Mac Daddy. What, what, fucking what got was... the girl of all of our dreams as a kid. The yeah, big chill. The big chill of Fish Called but Wanda. Fish Called Wanda is hilarious. He's that. got a lot of great it's movies, man. It's K-K-K-Ken. Coming to kill me. A Fish Called Wanda? Yeah. it's Yeah, he's hilarious. I love that fucking... You need to watch A Fish Called Wanda. Wanda, Eric. I, yeah. I like the monk pit. He's also he's also good in uh, French Kiss. As this, oh yeah, he's as this a great surly, actor, man. As the surly French guy, he's very funny. Kevin Klein rules, and you can see why Phoebe Cates. Oh yeah, he's char- He's a very charming guy. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, anyway, but Phoebe Cates obviously there's a very famous. I would say like maybe after Marilyn Monroe, like walking over that you know that steam grate in like uh, the the seven year itch. That's I feel like movie. I feel like the second most iconic sexy moment in a movie is the famous Phoebe Cates bath time to the pool. And obviously it's a car song that's being played during it. And not just any yep. car song. Moving in stereo. Okay, my I favorite did, song by the car. I did that in karaoke and my wife laughed at me. Yeah. That that that's my third favorite car song. And it's my favorite car song from the first album. It's also just a fucking awesome song. You know, that's Amazing a song. It's, it's sexy. So, it's sexy. It's star it's perfect. It's it's perfect. Take a shot. Take a shot. <laughs> Take a shot. Take a shot. It's Every time sexy we say sexy. Song. Sexy, 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 sexy. <laughs> Take five shots now. There you go, man. Anyway, so yeah, obviously like every person that grew up, any man that grew up who was a child of the eighties. You can't listen to moving in stereo without thinking of that scene. I so, get a boner every knock time anymore. I hear it. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, you know, but anyway, and, you know, Benjamin Orr sang that one. You know, I noticed that a lot of the sexier or romantic songs Rick gave to Benjamin to sing. Yep. Yeah, knew, I know. He was smart. He knew where he was. He's like, yeah, because Benjamin had, he had a sexy voice, too. So yeah. like, he's like, okay, give it to Benjamin to sing. You know, um, but you know, although I gotta tell you, they're they're kind of fifty-fifty in terms of the lead vocals list. It's a little like Lennon McCartney and the Beatles. Like I, I kind of like, I, for example, like that that is my favorite song. Uh, you know, uh, on the first Cars album, but on this album, I'm just gonna say my two favorite songs are songs that Rick sings. So, uh, so it's interesting. But uh, but I love both of them. That they're both great singers. And you know, to some people, they might not even know that there's two different singers in the cars because they. Their I voices, didn't know for the longest time. Yeah, their voices <laughs> are a little similar, but once you know the difference, you can kind of hear the difference. I'd say that Rick's a little more quirky new wave, and and Benjamin's a little more. Benjamin like, will fuck you with his voice. Benjamin is like O and D. Yeah. Or a little more Bowie-esque, like he's yeah, a little Bowie-esque more Bowie-esque or yeah, OMD. You know OMD, uh, uh, you know OMD, Edwin. No, no, who's that? No, you don't know OMD. Remember the uh, Sixteen Candles, the love song they had at the end. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, a little, yeah. He, he's more like uh, uh with, the, the, with the romantic side of new. Ones. Yeah, he was like yeah. the new romantic, you know. Yeah, he's got the more new ra- yeah. romantic side. And Rick's more the quirky kind of David Byrne kind of yeah, yeah. Ner- nervous nervous talking guy. heads. 
yeah, or Devo. He's a little more nervous. He's, but he's more romantic, more smooth. Yeah. He has yeah. a smoother voice than Rick. Yeah. yeah. Like an amazing voice. It, it's amazing. And once you know that, you kind of hear the differences. And of course, there's like one song where they're trading off during the chorus, and it's great that we're going to get I love oh. that. I love that shit when yeah. people trade off. Uh, uh, you know what? Let's fucking get into Let's it. Let's get into this. Let's, let's, let's go. Yeah, man. Let's we were. Let's go. We were yeah, there we go. Let's, let's go. go. Obviously, the, the big hit from the album, it was her first top 20 hit, and it's probably, I would say, yeah, this is the most known song from the album still to this day. It's Benjamin singing lead vocals, but just so people know, Rick Okasik is, he is the songwriter for all the songs, but man, this fucking song, let's go. You can't, how, you know, I, I referenced the Meet the Beatles era, Beatles book. Oh, you know, wow. Before. And I'll mention it again. There's something so euphoric and catchy about this opening that makes me think of like, you know, I want to hold your hand, but like in a new new wave style, like it has that immediacy. Like it comes on and it's instantly catchy. It's instantly a party. It's instantly like we're going out, like they say in the lyrics, you know, let's go, you know, I, you know, I like the nightlife, baby. I like that he says like and not love. Like he's too cool to totally give it up. Yeah. <laughs> I like the not life, baby. Now you're saying a lot of things I'm going to agree with you on here. <laughs> you know, that just makes it cool. One of my, uh, just to go back to one thing, I love how Benjamin in, um, you know, Just What I Needed, when he, when, it's like the quintessential new way vocal when he goes, yeah. You know what I mean? When he just yeah. goes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's just like perfect. It's, it's like a perfect, of, yeah. Coolly detached. It's like cool. It's like a cool dude hanging by a locker putting on sunglasses. And, you know, that's the vibe when it's like, I like the nightlife baby. It's just like too cool for school, cruising down the strip. It's, you know, you can't get cooler than this. You can't get catchier than this. This is pure, pure fucking rock and roll bubble gum. So infectious. God damn, how, you know, 1979 needed to catch up to the cars. That's the thing. Even in 78, like I said, they were in the 80s before the 80s happened. That's, oh, the, only, yeah. that's the only reason why Let's Go wasn't a number one hit, you know, because it, it, it was getting there. It was catching up. But the, the people, the masses weren't quite there yet. The cars were already there, you know, and and it, it's there. It's the fucking party, you know. Before Valley Girl and Fast Times for Richmond High, the cars were already fucking living that life, you know. And, and yeah. those songs. them in the B fifty twos, man. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were yeah part of that first wave. And yeah. let's Van go, Halen. yeah, Van Halen. They were already having that eighties yeah. party. And Let's Go is one of the catchiest songs ever. Only three minutes and fucking 22 seconds. It's fucking awesome. It's my... I'm looking at this. Um, I'd say it's my third favorite song on the album. So there, yeah, third nice. party. I love it. It's awesome. What an awesome way to open this album. What do you think of Let's Go, Mark? Oh, uh, this is a band that took the Beatles, what the Beatles did, with ear candy and took it to a new level. Like you were talking about the Beatles and I'm going, fuck yeah, hey, see the Beatles. Yeah. And this is so fucking catchy as fuck. This is insanely ear candy, a classic song that I never get tired of. The whole song is a sing-along fest. It's like classic as fuck. No one sounds like Ben at all. This is a fucking perfect pop new wave fucking song. Awesome. What do you think of Let's Go, Eric? 
Oh, man, just a great way to start the album. Uh, Benjamin Orr on vocals. And uh, it's funny, Edwin, that you, you know, you talked about the difference between the, their voices. Because in my notes, I have, you know, that Benjamin, you know, he has the more, like, you know, sexier, like, you know, uh, he has more of a sexy, like, sultry kind of voice. Whereas, you know, Rick definitely has the more, like, kind of weirder kind of voice that works with some of their songs. Uh, man, just a fun, up-tempo song to begin the album, and man, those those keyboards add so much. Like, there are so many songs that the Cars do, especially this one, where, man, if you don't have those keyboards, it just probably would not work the same. Those keyboards add such, like, a, a an atmosphere to the song and to the whole vibe of the album. Just a great album, or a great song, I should say, sorry, having a couple drinks here. Uh, I love the I love the lyrics. Oh, I am fucked up. I just took a couple <laughs> bong rips, so I'm good. Oh, you lucky bastard! I, I gotta go to Michigan. I gotta go up to Michigan and uh, pick up some pick up some edibles oh, uh, eventually. Stone. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I I love this. I love the lyrics to this song. This song I've been watching Weird Science a lot lately, and oh this one of my fuck yeah, movies. this That's song my favorite fucking the fucking girl, by that guy. Dude, the yeah. girl he is talking about in this song definitely sounds like a Lisa. And I'll yeah. tell you what, every guy needs... A, if you've never seen the movie Weird Science, you need to watch it or you're not going to understand Have the reference. Have you seen the television series, Eric? The television series wasn't as good. But no, the angel every, was amazing, though. Come on. Yeah, goddamn, Mark. <laughs> but no, every guy... Stay focused, Mark. Stay focused, goddamn. <laughs> well, you said <laughs> Weird Science. Oh, so up we're talking about the we're real... talking. Movie. I'm talking. <laughs> All right, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm sorry guy, I was a Every guy in the world needs a Lisa. You know, maybe you don't date this girl, but she's the girl that's going to take you out. She's going to help you get over that chick that broke your heart. She's going to help you break out of your shell. She's going to show you a good time. She's going to help you build that confidence in yourself. And yeah, like, you may not end up dating her. You may, you know, not be a thing, but she's going to help you, like, get over some shit in your life. She's going to help you reach that next level and help you find yourself as a person. I fucking love this song what a great way to begin this album awesome love it and then the second song now this is a song that some people if they hear this album for the first time it's kind of a subtle second song all right so they might think the album drops off a little bit but they're fucking wrong it's an awesome song (laughs) let me explain this is the thing it's a little subtle it's a little more new wavy you know, we got Rick now coming in uh, to lead vocals, at least during the verses. And the chorus, though, and this is what I'm getting at, starts off kind of subtle, a little muteier, sets up kind of the vibe of this album. This, this album is like the first album, but it does move a little more into their quirky new wave side. Not as much as they'll get into with the third album, which I'll talk a little bit about at the end of the video. Panorama. Yeah, yeah, panorama. At the end of this uh, podcast. It's a podcast. Anyway, so, uh, but this, uh, it is what it is. It's the perfect bridge between the first album and the third album. So you have these quirkier new wave songs. But when it gets to that chorus, uh, Since I Held You, that chorus is pure ear candy. And, uh, you know... Rick and Benjamin are getting into this beautiful chorus where they're, you know, doing two different lines, two different vocal lines that are playing off of each other. And it's it's just beautiful. And the more you listen to it, you realize what a great melody this is. And it kind of makes sense that these two guys were like in a like a more melodic like folk rock band together in like the early 70s, because this is where they're applying that to this new wave song. 
that there's this, this richness. It kind of it makes me think of Lennon McCartney again, like the way they harmonized on things like that, Baby, you know, in Black and stuff like that. Like there, there's just a beauty to this chorus, and there's something about that's a little. It's like subtly soaring. It kind of soars this chorus, and it's central. It's romantic. And yet, also kind of anxious and kind of quirky and new wavy, all at the same time. I love it. I think it's a great second song since I held you. What do you think of it, Mark? Well, I just want to say sorry, Eric, for interrupting you, but uh, I forgive I, you. I, I, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to outdo Bushy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's get to like uh, this song, man. Like you said, the Beatles again. Yeah. Uh, this is an amazing poppy as fuck song new wave tinge and again Rick and fucking Ben are going at it together singing no one sounds like him and then you got Greg Hawks on keyboards nobody's yeah. talking about Greg Hawks this guy is not like doing the final countdown Yeah, he's, he's putting the keyboards in where they belong yep. you know I do love Europe and I do love the album the final countdown but I think their albums from 2004 are better but uh yeah, I'm just saying this guy comes in, he plays with the song. Uh, fucking e- Elliot Easton is fucking kicking ass with those riffs. And David Robinson, man, he's on fire. Like you said earlier, Edwin, David Robinson is fucking underrated as fuck. It's a great song. I love it. Awesome. What do you think of it, Eric? Since I held you, man, it's just a beautiful song. And, you know, I didn't even think about comparing this to the Beatles. Uh, yeah, it's like a lot of these songs are very beatlesque in a way and man this is just this is a beautiful song man it's it's kind of like lyrically like i mean the way i interpret it it's almost kind of a sad song but it's done in like they do it with like this upbeat music so it's almost like it's a great breakup song because it's like yeah the lyrics are real sad about like you know the you know it's almost like the it's like about the one that got away everyone's got that yeah. one girl that like, was the one that kind of got away that you still will think about here and there but man, it's just, it, it's upbeat though. It's like, yeah, man, like fucking life sucks. Sometimes you lose like, you know, the girl that maybe should have been, but hey, life is still great. You're still living, you know? And God, it's just one of the lyrics I really love is uh, when he's like, just before the last touch, that meant so much. Something in the night just don't sit right. Looks like I'm going to be up all night. Oh, like just that, that really hits me in the heart, man. Like we've see, all felt that, man. Yeah. You see the just, Beatles thing? It's like poppy poppy song with serious lyrics. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Cheap yeah. Trick does that a lot too, man. Oh, yeah. I, I love the way Rick and Benjamin's voices just blend. It's kind of like when, uh, you know, Len McCartney's voices blend or Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, like trade off vocals, just so beautiful. Like, the two, like, kind of similar yet opposite vocal styles. Rick, Rick Emmett Gilmore from well. Triumph. Yes, yes. Or right. uh, Jack Blades and Kelly Keegi from Night Rangers. They do the uh, same not a big Night Ranger fan, Mark. Well, they do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but what a great song. Edwin, what do you think of It's All I Can Do? All right, here we go. We're, we're going to sound repetitive after a while. I'm trying to add some comedy here. Yeah, okay. th- th- this was the second single, and at the time was the second biggest hit. Uh, obviously, I think it's fairly obvious for people who knew the cars that there is a song down the line that eventually would be, I would say, be the second most known song on the album. But at the time, wasn't even released as a single, but we're not coming to that song yet. Um, at the time, this was the second uh, single, and it makes sense. It's it's really, really catchy and poppy, and it's romantic. Uh, 
Again, so you gotta give it to Benjamin because this is essentially <laughs> the love song. It's not. I don't know. It's it's an odd song in the sense that I wouldn't call it quite a ballad, but it's the closest thing to a ballad on this album. It's not quite drive, but you could cut. It's a little bit of a precursor. It has a mood. It has an atmosphere. I love it. It's probably I would say maybe my fourth. Yeah, it's my fourth favorite song on the album. It's beautiful song. The the gentle uh, little riff in the beginning that's between the guitar and the keyboards. It's very haunting and it just creates an atmosphere it creates an atmosphere of like an early 80s like teen movie where like someone broke up with someone and they're walking around at you know at night you know it has that feeling to it and it's it's a wistful song it's a beautiful wistful song and then it comes into that chorus and that chorus is very uplifting it's like the verses are kind of melancholic and then the chorus is bright and kind of uplifting and it's it's just, it's romantic and you know and again rick you know he gets the romantic song to benjamin makes sense he sings it it's sultry it's central and that's the thing i love about the cars is they're romantic but central at the same time you know something that maybe sammy hagar could have learned something about oh, <laughs> yeah for real fuck you sammy but, but you know what i mean uh, like, you like, know what you, fuck you guys you can, write, you can write a love song and still be sexy, you know. Exactly. That's, and, that, yeah. and that and that and that there's just, nothing oh. sexy about Sammy Hagar. Okay, that's, come on, come on. We're on the car. It's not Sammy. Damn it, bitches! It's, it's all I can do is is romantic and sexy at the same time. It's a beautiful song, a beautiful pop song. This one didn't do too well. The 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 only single that broke the top twenty was Let's Go. It, it broke the top hundred, but it didn't break the top twenty. But only because people were lame in nineteen seventy nine. They needed exactly. to catch up to the cars. Otherwise, this would have been a top ten hit. It's a beautiful song, a great song. I love it. I love it. It's all I can do. What do you think of it, Mark Taylor? <laughs> this album just keeps spitting out classics. Ben again and Easton doing those hard riffs. Weezer was so inspired by that band, and uh, fucking they had Rick Ocasek, or Kasich produce their first album, the, the Blue Album. So uh, you could hear the influences from Weezer from the Cars. Yep. And, and then Easton, man, give him some credit. He plays some awesome leads in the context of the song. It's oh, a yeah. fucking great fucking song, man. Great. The band is on fire. No, if everybody listens to Rick and Ben, they're missing out. They need to listen to the whole band. I agree. Those counter melodies for, for the lead really add something to the chorus. You know, yeah, it's really amazing. Exactly. So, what do you think, Eric? Uh, it's it's awesome that you mentioned the guitar playing because man, this song has like probably one of the best solos in it. And it, yeah, that guitar work is very underrated. Holy shit! This is another kind of like heartbreak song, and uh, yeah, this this is a song about that chick that just breaks your heart, you know, and just you know like the pain you go through, man, and. God, I just, I love the lyrics in this one are really fucking amazing. Like, just, uh, you know, I, you know, and once in, and once in a night, I dreamed you were there. I canceled my flight from going to nowhere. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, just, oh my God. You know, when I was crazy, I thought you were great. Oh shit. It's just, I love it. And I do love how, yeah, it's like the verses are very melancholy. But then the chorus is like very uplifting, and, and it's true, man. I mean, you you go through a breakup, man. It it sucks. It fucking sucks. And the only thing that'll help it is time. 
Like, it, it's tough, man. You can't tell anyone, like, you can't really tell anyone that because they're not going to listen to it or it's not going to help them. But the only thing that'll help when you get your heart shit out is just time. Give it time. Because you know what? The chick that broke your heart today, she's going to mean nothing to you when the next chick breaks your heart. You know, it's just time, man. And it's just, it's all I can do to keep waiting for you. All I can do is keep waiting until I finally forget about you, man. It, man, this is like, this is a really like perfect, with these two songs, this one and the last one, it's like, this is almost kind of like a perfect follow-up to the first album, because there's a couple breakup songs, and to me, it's like kind of like a movie sequel. You know, you have the first movie, like you have Smokey and the Bandit Part 1, you know, with the happy ending, but then you got Part 2, some shit happened in between them, you know, Sally Field and Burt Reynolds are no longer together. The, the bandit's like a little like fucked up and like kind of lost his way and they gotta find that again that's how I feel like this album starts out it's just like kind of you had the big party for the last time you met the girl of your dreams you had the happy ending but now like some shit happened and now you gotta kind of find your way again and I just love it man what a, a beautiful fucking song and just a great like breakup song to listen to man cause it's like yeah there's no quick fix to get over a woman that breaks your or a man that breaks your heart for our female listeners or gay listeners. You know, there's no no solution. It's just you gotta wait it out. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, man. After time goes by, man, it heals so much. Uh, so Edwin, take the next song, Double Life. Okay. Before we get into Double Life, I, I, one thing I didn't say. Uh, my two favorite songs on this album are also my two favorite car songs. Period. Okay, cool. Okay, so I... I, I, I was wondering to, about that. Mine too, also. That. Yeah, yeah, so I want to preface that with that. Okay, uh, so now we're getting to not only my favorite song on the album... Oh, shit. There we go, but my favorite car song, period. Yeah, okay. We're get, getting into Double Life. This fucking song. This is, a song, this is not a hit. It's not a song that a lot of people would have known. Even though it was the third single, it was the third failed single. It did not even break the top 100. But again, that says more about 1979 people than it does the fucking song. It was just a little too hip for 1979. A little too new wavy, a little too subtle. I don't think even in the 80s it would have been a huge hit. It would have done a little bit better than I think it would have done in 79. But... They obviously didn't pick the right third song. Obviously, the third song is another song we didn't get to yet, which is probably the second most known song on the album. But they didn't release that one as a single. They released this one. So they were wrong. They were wrong to release this as a single. But I understand why they thought it could be a single. I understand. And it's why it's my favorite car song. Because there is something really, really deeply infectious about this song. The, the, as soon as that guitar starts chugging in, and again, that's a fucking early 80s guitar line, not a fucking 70s guitar line. Exactly. You know, that chucking in, it comes in. This is like, you know, before Jesse's Girl, you know? Yeah, I love that song. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, this is like before that. Like, it was just a little too ahead of the curve. And it comes in, chicken, 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 chicken. And then Rick sings this, and he's just. It just like sets such a mood. His vocals, the lyrics, the guitar line, and then when it kicks in and starts slowly building up, and the whole band, the bass, the fucking that funky little keyboard line, bum 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 bum, and it just keeps building up. 
there's just something so infectious and beautiful about it. I just love the sound of this song and the way it just kicks in and builds up. It has a, a really, even though it's 1979, it has what I would call a classic early 80s kind of build up. And there's just something really righteous sounding about the song. And I, I don't know why. There's certain moods and certain melodies and certain things hit us a certain way. And for whatever reason, Double Life just hits me. And also lyrically, I don't know, because I always felt for a lot of reasons I live kind of a double life, you know? I've been bi-coastal, I bounce between two places. I'm diff- you're, you're kind of different people with different people. You're like a different person when you're interacting with different people. And, and you know, so I, I feel like this was something about, like Rick was experiencing kind of, this is like all these songs, by the way, were written post the first album that's an interesting thing they originally had a bunch of songs that were like hangover songs that they played live because normally a lot of times the band's second album is like a bunch of songs that just didn't make the first album but rick was very inspired he was very inspired after the first album that's why like eric you were saying like this feels like a sequel because like rick was like like hey i'm hitting the big time and he probably was for the first time fucking women that were like out of his league probably like joey ramone right yeah 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 like he does look like joey ramone too i was gonna say that in this episode he looks like joey ramone you know this has that vibe this album has that vibe of it's like the end of revenge of the nerds it has a vibe of a nerd who's finally fucking beautiful women yeah and and he has that and it's a mixture like this it's a mixture of wonder and fear, you know? And it's all over, and it's all over Double Life. Double Life has that feeling of like a, almost like Peter Parker, Spider-Man thing. Like, like, like I'm living this life that's a rock star, but I'm a nerd, <laughs> you know? And I don't know, something about this song, both lyrically, musically, mel- melodically, I think it's amazing. I think it's one of the great pop rock songs ever written. It's a subtle hit. And I get why it wasn't a big hit, because it's a subtle hit. But it's a kind of deep track that if you're a hardcore Cars fan, I, I would imagine a lot of hardcore Cars fans do love this song. There's just something about it. But anyway, it means a lot to me. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. It's my favorite Cars song, my favorite song on the album. I love Ed, Double Life. Edwin, yeah. I might have to take this one next. You know why? You go next. Why? Because this is also the best song on the album, in my opinion. Now, it's not my Woo! favorite car song, but it is my favorite on the album. Right on, bro. Oh, I fucking love this song. When I was listening to this album, this is the one that really, like, hit me. Because it's just, it's so amazing. Like, this song is literally, like, you know, the album's called Candio. You know, this this song is like fucking candy, man. It's I can't get enough of it. It's so great. Um, this is like one of those songs, you know, and uh, another song like this is like uh, Kid Gloves by Rush. This oh, is one of those songs, for whatever reason, like, I didn't listen to this song a lot when I was, like, young. You know, I didn't really listen to this album or any other Cars album besides the debut album until I was, like, you know, in my 20s. This song just reminds me of being young. Even though it's not a song I listened to a lot when I was young. And that's kind of like Kid Gloves by Rush. That was like an album I didn't really listen to a whole lot by Rush growing up until I was like me. I didn't listen to that album until I was probably in my 20s. And it's just like something about it though. Just the vibe it has musically. 
just takes me back to a different time when I was young, you know, hanging out with friends, you know, you didn't have a job, you didn't have bills to pay or any of this. You're just hanging out with your friends at school, trying to get chicks, and just that was all you cared about in life. And so it has that vibe to it. I just really fucking love it, you know, and I love some of the lyrics in here, like, you know, when you idle at the stop, when you idle at the stoplight, you better get your signal right. I don't know what the fuck that means, but it's just, it sounds cool. It's kind of like Dio. Dio writes a lot of lyrics like that where it's like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about, but it sounds really cool. So it's awesome. Uh, It's just, it's a beautiful song. Just so many hooks in there and it's a great song. And for me, like the song Double Life, ring the lyrics, it sounds kind of like it's almost like a song about like maybe seeing multiple women at a time, you know, but for me, like the way I kind of translated it, and that's, that's what I love about music. I can listen to a song and maybe it's written about something like it's written about this, but when I hear it, I relate it to something totally different. That's what I love about music. Like you can take a song written about something, but it relates to a like totally different situation that you've dealt with in your life. And for me, like I think of it as like, don't change who you are. You know, you could become like you could change who you are and try and like create this alternate persona and like you maybe you become a famous rock star or whatever and then it becomes really tiring because you gotta keep playing that character and it's like so hard because your true self just wants to come out. You know, and I, I've been in uh, in relationships like that where like the person tried to change who I was. I've been in a relationship where they would you know, they made me dress a certain way. I had to like look a certain way you know and i couldn't be who i was you know they tried stopping me from listening to the music i want to listen to and it's like always be yourself man never change who the hell you are i mean there is such thing as positive change but man just never change who you are because like trying to lead that double life man it can be hard because at the end of the day your true self's gonna want to come out and it's gonna get tiring trying to do that and this it's a great song man favorite song off the fucking album Right on. This is why we got a podcast together. This is. This is like therapy. <laughs> you, know, you know, I you're... saw a meme the other day where, like, I saw a meme the other day where it's like, oh, like, men, instead of, and when men, you know, need therapy, instead of going to therapy, they do podcasts. But it's like, you know what? It's cheaper to run this podcast, and this is like some fucking therapy for some shit that I deal with sometimes. I it love sure this, is. man. And it's entertaining. It connects it is, with other yeah. people. What, what does therapy do for other people? Just and makes I'm a drunk, therapist I'm, And I'm drunk and stoned with you guys. Huh? Okay, yeah. what, 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 what do you think, Mark? What do you think of Double Life? Are you a Double yeah. Lifer like us? What do you think? It's not my favorite song on the album. But it's one of my favorite songs off the album. All right. uh, like, I, I'm at a quandary here with uh, Rick and Ben. Sometimes I think Ben is the best, and then sometimes I think Rick is the best. And then Rick comes back and I'm shit. I like Rick better. And then it comes back to Ben. I like Ben better. But the fucking rhythm on this song, Rick is so underrated as a rhythm guitarist. Yeah. Oh, I agree. God. His yeah. rhythm guitaring on this song is just fucking. And Ben on bass. We nobody's talked about Ben's bass playing. No, he's great. The, the he's whole great band. This band. This band's fucking tight. They're just they in are. the pocket. Yeah. They're this tighter than a nuts asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Unless, uh, pre-style. but yeah, you're right. Like Rick with his rhythm line, like I said, he's creating like the sound of early '80s pop rock with this guitar line. You know, it's like right there. He is, man. And you got Ben and Rick, rhythm, bass, and then Robinson's drum rolls, man, that he does are so perfect. It's a fucking great song. It's one of my favorites off here. 
Awesome. It's not my favorite, but it's one of my favorites. It's all right. As long as it's one of your favorites. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, and then it goes into uh, what's not really a song. We probably won't talk about this too much. It's more of a transition, but technically, but what they did, what I like. Remember, I said about Black Sabbath, like with their like transitions, like FX. I said the best thing about FX is that it's its own track. Yep. So you don't have to listen to like Supernaut with FX, <laughs> like like if it's on a shuffle, <laughs> like that's the way to do it. If you're gonna do some weird shit. Make it its own track. <laughs> and that would be Shooby Doo. Shooby Doo is essentially a transitional, weird, new wavy track that bridges double life with Candy O. And I like it. It's cool. But I tell you this if it was the end of double life or the beginning of Candy O, I would fucking hate it. <laughs> It'd be like that fucking intro at the beginning of Detroit Rock City. <laughs> I would hate it. But oh, I love that intro. Oh, oh, it's horrible. You gotta listen. You do you fucking listen to that whole fucking thing every time you I know. listen to that whole fucking thing. It's like Sgt. Pepper. It's like an experience. Oh, oh my god. No. What do you guys get to do? I Zeppelin love the car too, crash so. at the end. I want to hear what Eric really thinks about Zeppelin 2 one day on your podcast. We, we will review it. That's oh, coming we'll, up. We'll That'll get come to up that. We'll get to that. I want to spend a half hour on the, the, the break, psychedelic breakdown of the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I got episode, some stories guys. about I that. that. I got some I stories about that. Right, 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 right. Okay, thank you. Thank you. But Shooby-Doo. Okay, so what I'm getting at is Shooby-Doo, because he made it a separate track, I love it. <laughs> I would have hated it if it was you know, attached to one of the other songs. But because it's its own separate track, I love it. It's a cool, again, inventing new wave in the 80s before the 80s even happened. But Shooby-Doo, it's just a cool kind of trippy thing. It kind of foreshadows um, a song on the second side a little bit, I think. It creates a mood. It's disconcerting. It's kind of almost like the first four songs are relatively romantic and melodic. And Shooby-Doo is kind of for- taking us a little bit to the weirder side of the cars, which... Yep. Not only foreshadows the second side, but the next album as well. So I kind of think that's what Shooby Doo does. But I do like it. It's a cool. It's a cool kind of unsettling vibe. Like some darkness is now coming into into the game. Like the double life is falling apart. Uh, it, he's splitting as a human being, and the darkness is coming in. What do you think of uh, Shooby Doo, Mark? Uh, this is like totally new wave. I love the Johnny Five keys on this. And I, you're welcome, Ian Wally. I took that from you. Uh, <laughs> the song came in. I'm fucking, I'm like listening to Stone Headphones. This is a trip. Fuck, man. I love those little leads that Elliot is doing in the background that Elliot is playing kick ass. Yeah, this song basically goes right into the next track, like you were saying, uh, Candio. But it, dude, if you get drunk or stoned, this song is fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Letting you know that. Yeah, right so, Eric, what do you think of it? Oh, man, I, I love it, man. You know, it's just it double life transitions into it. It's like, yeah, it almost takes you to a whole other part of the album. You know, the first half of the album, you know, all the songs are very similar sounding. And then this kind of takes you on to the weird side. It's like in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory <laughs> when they yeah. go through, like, the fucking, when they go Total. on that Chocolate River ride and all the weird shit happens. You're like, what the fuck's going on? That's the trip. Yeah, totally. I feel totally. Yeah, uh, I, I love it, man. It's just I like the weird, creepy, like sci-fi sounding like effects and whatnot. 
It almost kind of reminds me of uh, that Cheap Trick song, the High Priestess of uh, Rhythmic Noise or whatever the fuck that song is, which I love that song, by the way. Uh, but, you know, condensed into like more of like just an intro into the next song, Candio, which, Edwin, I'll let you talk about. Fucking Candio. I fucking love Candio. It's awesome. I'd say that's probably my fifth favorite track. Strong, strong fifth favorite track. Uh, I mean, this is, this is my favorite Cars album. So when even when I'm getting to fifth favorite track, it's still like a very... Like, it's like yeah. the it's like your least favorite blowjob that you came to. It's, it's still fun. amazing. It's one of the most rocking songs. I think probably the most hard rocking. Well, maybe we'll say maybe the second most hard rocking song in a way. Uh, but it, it's a hard rocking track, very new wavy. Ben, this is almost like a Rick song that Benjamin's singing. Uh, it's a little. I mean, although there's a sexiness to it, which is probably yeah. why, why he threw it his way. Um, I don't even know if they were thinking of the album cover yet. It's possible that they were, um, because it ties into the album cover, and it's it, it's got that drum beat, great fucking drum beat, the fucking David Robinson unsung. Yeah. This whole band is unsung, you know. Um, it it just it has that beat and the way it kicks in and then you know again again like what you were saying mark too that greg hawks very underrated keyboardist because he's really like sometimes keyboards keyboardists and bands and new wave bands they're just kind of lazy or they're just maybe creating a little atmosphere and mood but like greg comes in there with like real hooks like you know and there's like a real there's a real hook to this and like you know and it's just it's just it's fucking it's it's both funky and hard rocking and new wavy like all at the same time and it just comes in and it's just like this is like like pimp music that's like when you're strutting in and shit's, yeah. shit's going fucking down Fuck you yeah. know candy oh shit's going down it's like you know you know someone's getting fucked or beat up you know during this <laughs> you know it's just got that vibe to it and this just tells you something the melvins covered it the melvins Ooh, yeah nice. So that, you know, that tells you a little something about this song, that the Melvins could cover it. The Melvins covered it on their Ozma album. It's a, it was a bonus track. They also covered, a, they covered Kiss a lot, you know, Buzz uh, Osborne was a big Kiss fan. They opened for Kiss on the reunion tours. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, he was a huge Kiss fan, and uh, Gene Simmons was very cool with them, because Gene Simmons is much cooler than Paul Stanley. You know, he took <laughs> he took the Melvins a little under his wing, and they uh, opened, and they did uh, Going Blind, a great cover of Going Blind, and on the same album that they covered Candio, uh, uh, Ozma, they also covered uh, Love Song from from Kiss. The love <laughs> oh, love I hate theme. that fucking song. I know, but I kind of, even though it's not, it's probably my least favorite song from the first Kiss album, I think it's cool that the Melvins covered it. Yeah, that's, because that's a deep, deep, deep track. <laughs> it's, it's a really deep track. But, um, so, but anyway, they do a good version of Candio, and they, uh, it's not as good as the original, though. It's a it's a good version of Candio, but the original's better. You can't top the original. It's a great song. It's catchy. I feel like this could have been a single as well. It's a really catchy song. It wasn't, but it's it's awesome. It's a great way to end the first side. Great sequencing on this album. It's a fucking awesome song. It's fucking Candio. What do you think of it, Mark? Oh, this is my favorite song off the album. I just want to give you guys a little thing. Back in uh, 92, 93... I oh, I was in, born. I was working at In and Out Burger, and we yeah, got our. I, I, we got I, I don't know. I was like, we got a we got a safety we got a safe we got a safety award, uh, and they gave us a CD player for our back of house. 
So uh, I brought in the, the CD Candio to play when I was there. Oh. And every time I tried to take it, everybody said, leave that fucking shit here. We love it. Nice. So I'm just saying I could never take that CD home because those bitches would not let me take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, those bitches are right. They, they were, man. Love they it. got good taste. Yeah, this is a fucking great fucking song. It's my favorite song off the album. Hell yeah. Again, uh, the cars, Ben's voice, and those drum rolls with the leads that Elliot is doing. The leads are so hard rock on this. I want to fuck this song. I yeah. love this fucking song. Yeah. Fucking what do you great think? fucking song. What do you think, Eric? Oh, man. So, obviously, man, Shooby-Doo transitions into Candio, like, perfectly. Because, man, this is like a, it's an odd song, man. And what a what an interesting song to have as your title track because it is so odd. You think the title track they may try and go for something, something that could get them on the charts or whatnot, but no, they choose like one of the weirder songs for their title track. Man, it's just so good. And you know, you guys say it's really new wavy. I also think too, it's like it's really heavy. You know, the drum and guitar work on here is just I killer. Said that it's hard rock on this. Song. Yeah, 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 yeah. And man, I love those drum fills that they do. Like, yeah. oh, it's just infectious, man. They're, you know, and then obviously they're laying down some tasty guitar licks. Just a cool song. Uh, you know, the keyboard effects add so much to it, man. I love Candio. What a great title track. So, uh, Edwin, why don't you take Night Spots? Awesome. So we flip this uh, record over. Night Spots begins the second side. Great fucking song. It kind of, I would say the second side, I don't want to say it's not as strong as the first side, but it's it's definitely like, you know, with the exception of one song. I know what that is. Yeah, we, we all know what it is. <laughs> with the exception of one song, there is definitely like no hits or any songs that people would know on the second side. Um, this is the darker, new wavy side. In a way, it's kind of like the first side is taking is the sequel sequel from the first album, and this is like the prequel to the third album. <laughs> you know, it's the perfect transition. In a way, the way these songs are transitioned, it's kind of perfect. You know, the way they're sequenced. And Night Spots is kind of setting up the the third album. Like the second side is definitely the new wavy side. And Night Spots, it's still, it's still, I would say this is one of the catch. I would say this is the second catchiest song on the set, on side two. It's a very catchy song, but it's dark. There's a darkness to it. It's kind of dark. It's like, it's kind. Of, it, it, if it's, I think they put a lot of thought into the sequencing because it's kind of like the dark flip side of Let's Go. Like Let's Go is going after the night. I like the nightlife, baby, and it's fun. You know, it's like early evening, and Night Spots is like later evening where you're still out and you're still going to these cool spots but you know maybe a little darkness is creeping in like maybe some shit might go down now like maybe it's not all fun and games but it's still cool it's still cool it's still sexy but it's not but you know there's some there's some dangerous shit that might be coming up like i feel like again a little like for those about to rock we salute you uh, there is kind of a thematic thing going on with this album. It gets darker, you know, progressively. And it feels like you're going out and partying, and outside, too, it's like the party's getting dark and weird now, you know? Some shit's going to go down. Oh, you, yeah. have, you got this great fucking... I, I would say uh, Greg Hawks is like the VIP of this one. That synth line is just really cool. It's a really cool synth line, and... 
It's a great vibe, great new wave classic. Again, 1979, man, you know, and this is like shit that bands would be trying to sound like years later into like 83, 84 even, you know? And it, it's a great song. I love Night Spots. What do you think of it, Mark? Oh, Night Spots, man. This is fucking uh, those quirky keys. Yeah. Only the cars and the B-52s can get away with this. This is This is like a metal song, man. It, it will get shitted on. Listen to those hard rock leads Elliot is doing this song. It's some kicking ass solo. My God, man. Elliot needs some recognition. This is... And Greg Hawks, dude. Those keyboards are just fucking... It's like... If you listen to the lyrics, it's like dark. But the, the song is... It's like, my God. This song is fucking dark as fuck, but it sounds poppy as shit. What do you think about it, Eric? Oh, God, I fucking love this fucking tune. Uh, you know, Edwin actually made the perfect analogy because Ian in my notes, I'm like, man, this is like, you know, some sleazy, slutty girls taking you out for a night out at the town, going clubbing. And it's like the part of the night where, like, man, you drank too much, done too much blow, and, like, shit's starting to get weird, man. Like, shit, you know, you got guy, you got, like, a person in a, a grizzly bear costume giving you a blow job, and you're hanging out with all these sketchy people, and... You know, there's all these girls and just you don't know what the fuck's going on. You know, this is that part of the night where you lose control. Uh, and the song is just musically, it's so chaotic. Like, it's very chaotic, man. Just with all the keyboards and everything going on, it, it just t- perfectly matches, like, what, the kind of vibe they're trying to go for. And just that there's that point, like, when you, you know, I used to party a lot, man. I used to do a lot of blow. I used to drink a lot, go out clubbing, like, heavily. And there is, it's just like, there are those nights, man, where your shit just gets out of control and you're just going wild, man, and just being crazy and, you know, shit, everyone's being crazy. And this song just perfectly sums up just that feeling of just chaoticness when you're just out on the town, man. Uh, one of my favorite lines in the song is, uh, you know, he's like, it's all behind you when you do catch on. You keep your lovers in a penny jar, a real romantic with a sultry, uh, sultry stare. You keep on messing with your blonde long hair, like just oh man. So like he's talking about those, those girls, man, those wild girls that you you know you'll hang out with on those nights, man. They're they're crazy and they know how to show you a good time, though, man. Uh, just really fucking cool song, man. And, and again, it's just you know it's that whole second side of the aisle, man, where shit's just going crazy. Right. Night right on. Alright, the next song. You can't hold on too long. I mean even that title kinda of tells you like it says it, like you can't hold on too long. Like things are falling apart. You know? <laughs> and, and this is the last song Benjamin sings lead on. And it but it's it's kinda of like a it's a, one of those songs that sound a little like a, a darker, weirder Rick song for uh, Benjamin singing. And it, it's not. I, I would say probably the maybe the sec my second least favorite song on the album. But I love every song on this album, so that, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's a really cool song. It's quirky. It's a little offbeat. It's that new wavy side that we feel that we hear coming on more. But you know, it comes in with that chorus, and you know, it's still very catchy when it hits that chorus. And it's, it's a variation of everything they've been doing, but it's like everything about this album, and this is why it's a real album, it's like organically moving us towards something. And this is kind of like Benjamin almost saying goodbye, like with the romantic persona. Like, you can't hold on too long. 
And, you know, I was trying. I was trying to make this work, but I'm going to be out soon. And then it's just going to be Rick going really into some weird dark shit after this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, but it's a, it's a catchy little New Wave song. I would call this an album track, but it's a solid album track that, you know, holds the second side together as we're going into weirder, darker territory. What do you think, Mark? Oh, this is a great song. It's like, how many vocal tones does Ben, ha- ben have? Yeah. It's like this guy is like singing like Morrison. He's singing sweet. He's singing romantic. He just has so many vocal tones. Ben, my God, changes his voice so much on this album. Ben is my favorite now. He's so amazing. Rick wrote these songs, but without Ben, this band wouldn't have had made it great. I love this band. And I agree. And I think Benjamin's very underrated. It's funny, one thing, you know, most people would look at the cars and they'd be like, oh, there's this really handsome guy that sings half of their hits. Like, why isn't he as well known as the nerdy, quirky guy? Yeah, (laughs) for real. I mean, one thing, like, because most women don't know that Rick's writing all the songs. Like, if you know that, you go like, well, yeah, Rick deserves it because he's writing it. But if you didn't know that, you would still kind of wonder why Rick was the more the most iconic member of the band. But you gotta keep in mind too, it's the early eighties. It was that one fleeting moment where like the nerds kind of reigned supreme. Yeah. You know? Devo, talking heads. So I feel like if the cars kind of hit like a year or two before or a year or two after, there would be more focus on Benjamin. You know, but it just happened to be the time period where the nerds reign supreme. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. well it's like on Heartbeat City, most of the hit singles were uh, from Rick, except uh, Drive. But, yeah, but Drive. But look at Drive. It's the know? biggest song on the album. Yeah. That's the biggest song on the album. I like yeah. Hello again. My, that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. That's a good well, song. Yeah. It sounds Steph Leopardish, but we'll talk about Mutt Lang produced that one. But yeah, since, I know. Uh, so, what do you think? You can't hold on too long, Eric. Well, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Night Spots transitions into "You Can't Hold On Too Long." I think like the that song, "You Can't Hold On Too Long," and like "Lust for Kicks." I think it's like a almost like a medley kind of. Yeah. They like all kind of blend into each other, all kind of one piece in a way. Uh, but man, it's it's a great song, man. The the guitar intro almost kind of sounds like a little Thin Lizzy esque. It almost has a, kind of a Thin Lizzy vibe to it. But uh, this is what I call, like, I think I've used the term on the show before, like, kind of like the the morning after song or, like, the hangover song. And it's a perfect song to follow up night spots. This is, like, you know, this is a song, you know, after a night out of partying, you bring this chick, you know, like, a chick back to your place. You know, all your buddies got, like, the girl whatnot. You have, like, maybe a hotel room or you crash at your place, make love, and then you kind of, maybe you don't go to sleep right away. You kind of stay up. And then you all kind of hang out and, you know, maybe there's some blow. You do some blow and you, you know, drink a little bit. And then this is where, like, you kind of get emotional. This is where you start talking. You know, you, you already had sex. You know, you already had a fun night out partying. This is where you get kind of emotional. You start talking about life. You start talking about, you know, shit you've been through and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I've had a couple of those nights, man. You know, you have the party. You have your fun, if you know what I mean. And then uh, afterwards, you're, you know, you're still passing around some some drugs and uh, some alcohol and then you just start talking about you know just shit you've been through and you can start getting like talking on a personal level and this is like this is like the morning after song this is like you know it's just it's such a beautiful beautiful song and it almost kind of sounds like it's about like a, a girl who's like real insecure like lyrically that's what i kind of take away from it 
It's a guy talking about a girl that's just like way too insecure and whatnot. Um, just such a perfect song and a perfect way to follow up uh, Night Spots, man. Really great song. Uh, Evan, what do you think of Lust for Kicks? Well, like you said, it, it kind of goes right into it. And I, I, I think that's also, I, I agree with you that it's kind of like the hangover of these two songs. Yeah. After Night Spots, things get a little fucked up. And Lust for Kicks kind of continues it. It's like, you know, Benjamin saying his side of it, and now Rick singing his side of the, the, the hangover. And it's, it's like, you know, th- this is where the kicks get you. And it's a dark, weird, this is probably the weirdest, quirkiest songs in a lot of ways, and definitely one that, again, foreshadows the third album. And I would say it's probably my least favorite song on the album, I guess, if I'm thinking about it. But I still like it. It's, it's an album track, but it's like a... It makes the next two songs better. Let's just say that. Like, you need to kind of crash a little bit before you get kind of get picked up again. Yeah. And, and so, again, the sequencing's great on this album. Like, Lust for Kicks, this is, like, the best place for it, you know? Yeah. And so even though it's my least favorite track on the album, this is the best place for it. I still like it. And uh, it, it, it's, it makes, I think, the next song even better. So what do you think of Lust for Kicks, Mark? It sounds kind of childish with the keys, but it works. It's a cool fucking song. I like it. It's not my favorite song on the album, but it works. Yeah, and what do you think, Eric? Uh, I love it. Uh, it's funny Mark said that because uh, the keyboard, it's like real happy sounding. It's like <laughs> yeah. have a, yeah, like a kid song. Uh, the other song it reminded me of was uh, that Beastie Boys song from the first album, uh, Girls. It oh, kind of reminds me. Like, it reminds me a little bit of that. Yeah, you got this happy keyboard line, but there's something yeah. about it like it's like a maniac though. It's like yeah. there's something dark about it because like, again, it's so, like Cheap Trick or like the Beatles yeah. with you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's this undercurrent of darkness. I, yeah. I love it too. Is this has like something about the Cars, man? It's like they almost had like like this combination of like a retro like kind of old school rock and roll sound, but like there's also some futuristic elements, which obviously you know. You know, they really kind of like almost in a way kind of created or inspired like the new wave of the 80s. So it has like this futuristic sound blended together to make their own unique sound. But um, I I love it, man. I love the weird lyrics. You know, it kind of sounds like lyrics about like some weird couple that just don't mesh. And I love the title because I have a lust for kicks because I love women with Converse. I'm going to say it again. God damn, I'm pounding the desk right now if you can't hear that. Yeah, so I love the title of the song. Yeah, that gets that gives it a 10 out of 10 for me right there. Right on. Yeah. All right, and then we go into the next song, and as I was alluding, like as they crash, they maybe they snort some blow. And yep. then they, they, they kick it, they, <laughs> they, they really kick it with the next one. I think it's either this or Candio, depending on your uh, take on what's heavy. This is probably the most hard rock and this is definitely the most like fastest track, I think, on the album. Uh, but it's 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 a hard rock song, essentially. It's the most hard rocking song, I think. It's this or Candio. Uh, got a lot on my head. Not in my head, on my head. And it just kicks in, and it's very rocking and fast. You know, you have you have some great lead guitar work, you know, from Elliot yeah. Easton, underrated, with the trademark belch from Eric. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's just like it's just like really rocking. Like he's up there, he's all coked up now. It's a very cokey song. It's a very coked up, hard rocking new wave song. 
and it's very catchy, and it's exactly the song you want to hear after her lust for kicks. And <laughs> it totally is setting up the last song, which you know, we'll probably talk a lot about when we get there. But anyway, but it's it's a great track. It kind of gets the party going again after it kind of crashed, but it's a dark, manic, coked-up party that's not quite right. <laughs> it's like, it's like he's 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 charging now and he's all like charged up and racing through the party, but it's wrong. It's it's not fun. Like, let's go. There's something drug-induced about it and frenzied and manic about it. And, you know, he's kind of, he's, you know, he's tweaking out. He's freaking out. You know, he's got a lot on his head. What do you think of this song, Mark? Oh, what are we on? Uh, got, got a lot, lot on my head. head. Got a lot on my head. Got, got a lot, lot on my head, head Mark. We got two more songs, got... Mark. We need you to make it through this. Come on. I'm good. Come on. I'm good. Do some blow. I'm totally. Do some blow, yeah. damn it. I'm good. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Got a lot on my head. At least I have notes. Come on. Read your fucking wrong. notes. Your, yeah, That's what I'm doing. Notes. God damn it. God. A, a fast rocking beginning with Easton ripping it up and David is kicking some ass on the drums. Easton is ripping. This is a hard rock cars. If you take out the keys, man, but I love the keys. This is a fucking metal track. I love it. Awesome. What do you think, Eric? Oh, man, it's a great song, man. Uh, it's funny how you said like it's the heaviest because for me, it's like, it's more jumpy and, like, happy. I really wouldn't call it, like, a heavier song, but I, I really do love it, man. Uh, another song about heartbreak, man, you know. I love this one. We all have that girl, man, that just crushes us, you know. Uh, like, like you know, like I mentioned the other songs, you know. You got a lot in your head, and uh, the biggest lyric I love, like, the lyric I heard that really just hit me in the fucking gut was, uh, how can I hold you when you're waving goodbye? Oh, yeah. oh, I love because, dude, it, we've all been there. We're like, you know, oh, the girl, yeah. yeah, that chick, you know, she's done with the relationship, and you're just, you don't want it to end. And it's like, you know, like again, it's like, how can I hold you when you're waving goodbye? It's like, fuck, I can't let go, but like you're, I, I there's nothing, like it's not gonna work. And it's like, oh, like my first marriage, just, man. When oh my god, she gave me that dear John letter, and I came home, and she already moved all her shit out. Oh, shit. Well, at least she did that. She made it easy on you. Well, yeah, no. Like... She didn't contact me for a month, dude. That was oh, fucked fuck. up. Yeah, that is fucked up. I guess, you know, maybe you were still in love, whereas, like, you know, there's some marriages where it's, like, a, it's failing, and you just, you're like, oh, fuck, like, I just want this to well, end, like, and you just hope they just leave. She uh, cheated on me with a guy she met on Call of Duty. <laughs> she met a guy on Call of Duty, and she, oh my fucking god! Yeah, and she's married that dude now. <laughs> what? She married him? Yeah, she married. She married him. some fucker she met playing Call. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> I know. Fuck oh, that hilarious! Jesus Christ! Uh, that, that's a perfect transition to the next song, Dangerous Type. <laughs> All right. Oh. All right, Dangerous Type. Okay, now this is a song I've been alluding to now for like an hour. Okay. Yep. Okay, Dangerous Life. I would say now, these days, this is the second most known song on the album. It's one of those songs, we've, we talked about these songs before, Eric, where it's a song that at the time wasn't a hit or even a single, but eventually kind of becomes canonized and gets played on the radio and then later on gets included on Greatest Hits and stuff. 
Well, that would be Dangerous Type on this album. I would say after Let's Go, even more so than I think It's All I Can Do. I've heard Dangerous Type on the radio more than It's All I Can Do. I mean, definitely the second most song I've heard on the radio after Let's Go. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it is on the best of the cars. And it's I, I would say this is easily the second most known song on the album. And it's in retrospect, obviously, it should have been a single. Yeah, I, I it wouldn't have been a huge hit, but it would have done better in Double Life. Even though Double Life's my favorite song on the album, I think, yeah, Dangerous Type should have been the third single. Obvi- obviously. And it's my second favorite song on the album. And it's my second favorite car song, period. It's a fucking amazing song. It's Dangerous Type. It's one of their greatest songs. It comes on, you know, kind of funky, kind of funky, a little subtle. It's got that groove. But man, when it hits that chorus, that chorus and that fucking beautiful, those beautiful guitar chords and the production and She's a Lot Like You. I would say one of the catchiest, most memorable choruses ever in a chorus song. It's it's magic. It's fucking magic. This is like Lennon McCartney songwriting. You know, the simplicity. That's the thing. You know, just to say a few lines, but you say it a certain way with the with the guitar chord, and it creates magic and mood. And it's the perfect bookend to "Let's Go." You know, and I do think there's something kind of thematic going on. This is like. The nerd gets cool, goes off partying for the night with a beautiful, sexy candio, like you were saying, Eric, Lisa type woman. You know, Lisa, Lisa takes it. She's dangerous. She's a dangerous type. You know, and and she's playing up to that other side of you, double life. Like there's a nerd side, but there's a cool dark side too. And this woman is not the candio is not playing to your nerd side. She's the dark party girl side. That's taking you out of yourself. And she might be your destruction, but god damn it, you're gonna have a good time with her. You know? And that's what dangerous type is. Dangerous type is that it kind of sums it up. It's like the finale for the cars, this is an epic, you know. It's only a four minute, thirty second song, but it feels like it has to end with this song, you know? It's a perfect in the build up at the end and the way the bands plays and it's and the chorus, it's just like this dark woman. Kind of like that fucking spellbound fucking chick. Oh my god, yeah. Oh my god. You know, this chick kind of takes takes the cars down with her. You know, it's in a blaze of glory. Hell yeah. That, that dangerous type. It's that that's, that's a Lisa too, man. Like a lot of girls named Lisa, man, are some you know. <laughs> wow. And just for the record, I have dated Lisa. Mark, have you dated Lisa? I went on one date with Elisa. Okay, okay, good. I'll count it. I'll count it. Edwin, <laughs> yeah. Edwin have you dated Elisa? Uh, no, but my... Oh, mom, shit! But... I thought you would have. <laughs> no, my brother did, though. So I've you know what, Lisa? Well, that kind of counts. Lisa. I'll count it. You know that that Lisa from Lisa, Lisa, and Colt Jam? Oh, she got nice tits. Uh, it's like Pauly Shore always said, man. If you see, like, a hot pack of, like, really sexy, sleazy-looking girls... And you just shout out like, "Hey, Lisa!" A couple of them bounce her around. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like the cars created the like the '80s woman. They did, yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, and, and that's like the, the, the models here. It's all like you know described for you, both with the album cover, the songs, the lyrics. But uh, yeah, so what more you gotta say about Dangerous Type Eric? <laughs> 
Oh, I didn't even talk about the song. I was just talking about Lisa. <laughs> I was talking about Lisa, girls named Lisa. Lisa, Lisa. <laughs> That's a Polly Shore song, too. Um, <laughs> holy shit, I, I love this song. It's a great way to end the album. Um, it's funny because, like, lyrically, it kind of reminded me of that Honeymoon Sweet song, New Girl Now, where he's like, oh, I'm like, got a new girl now, and she's a lot like you. Yeah. Uh, Mark, you know what I'm talking about. You love Honeymoon Sweet. That's oh, I love band. Honeymoon Sweet. That's Fuck one of those yeah. weird bands we agree on. Um, yeah. yeah, but, you know, Lyrically, Glass this Tiger song sucks. What? Glass Tiger sucks. Yeah, fuck that album. Don't talk about that. <laughs> Don't forget me when you're gone. Fuck that shit. Oh, All right, Jesus. But yeah, this song's great, man. I love it. Great way to end the album. And uh, the way I kind of translate it, it's like, yeah, sometimes, man, you could uh, you date a girl. She breaks your heart. She turns out to not be the person you thought she was. And you date another girl. She ends up being the same way, even though you thought, like, oh, she's different. Or this could also be like, hey, you know what? That last chick, she broke my heart. She shit all over it. This could happen again with this new girl I'm dating. But you know what? I'm a stronger person now. I will I will survive it, you know? So, yeah. I fucking love this song. And also, too, reminds me a little bit of uh, Clones by Alice Cooper with that keyboard. It kind of reminds me of, like, the keyboard in Clones by Alice Cooper. And yeah, I love that song. I like that song, too. Yeah, I, it, I, love, it, I love that song, and I love this song. It's amazing. Mark. What do you think of Dangerous Type, if you haven't talked about it already? No, I haven't. So uh, this is this yeah. is where I say Rick is my favorite vocalist in the band. I go back and forth between Rick and Ben. Yeah. It's like... They're it's both like, amazing. God dang it. It's like, I just got to give them the number one tie, because they both rule. Even though Rick wrote all the songs, it's like when uh, when Ben died and went on a, a tour together, they said, you're going to sing Drive? He goes, what the fuck? I wrote it. Why not? But uh, this is a fucking great song. It's like... It has that bang a gong kind of guitar riff in it. Oh, oh, in the I love that song. That's da, a sex- da, that song's da. sexy. Well, T uh, Power Station's a better than T Rex. Oh, then Mark, you lost me there. Really, you don't like Andy Taylor better than T Rex? I-, I love Power Station, but like I, I-, I love the T Rex version of that song better. Oh my god, that's so slow and droll. It's god. sexy, Mark. Oh, wow. fuck, so is Banger Gong with those fucking wrists by Andy Taylor. Mark Bowen is a sexy motherfucker. I'm ending this debate. Both versions suck. Continue. Oh, okay. there we go. All right. All right. I, I, I hear that Banger Gong, get it on, fucking riff going on. This is an eargasm. This is a perfect song to end a great album. I love it. All right. So there Andrew you go. We Candy did candy o. o. And we're crashing now. Bunch of drunk guys. Oh, my God. Yeah. Candy o. <laughs> but my wife's going to yell at me when I get outside. Okay. It's all right. It's all right. You, you, yeah, you, you, if your wife is yelling at you and you're a man, you're doing something right. Now, anyway. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> all right. So I've got, I'm going to – we're going to do our little recommendations. Uh, but before, and we're going to wrap this fucking party up. It was a great party. But like the cars, we were we got a crash. We had this dark night out. Uh, and Mark, do you have anything to recommend? Anything you've been into this week besides your, your normal bullshit and your corn dogs and what have you? <laughs> I, I just got the new album by uh, Black Star Writers, my first CD of 2023. Wrong Side of Paradise, and I've listened to it. It fucking rules, even though what's that original Ben Lizzie guitar player? Ryan's. Scott Gorham. Scott Gorham left. It's still a good album. This is the first album with Scott without Scott Gorham on it. I fucking like it. Good? All right. I like Ricky. Right. Uh, Party on. Ricky, 
the, the singer, man. Fucking, if you like uh, Phil Lynott, you like uh, this guy, Black Star Right? He's really good. All right, party on. All right. Party on. I, I'm going to just recommend, it's an easy one, but I'm just going to recommend this because if, if you like Candy O and you're kind of open-minded to the darker, weirder, new wave side of the cars, then fucking man up and get Panorama. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Love that album. Great album. Great album. It's not the kind of album that hits you immediately. It's not as... The songs aren't as, I would say, overtly catchy as the first two albums. But if you really love the first two albums, you will grow to love this album. It's that kind of album. Like, just listen to it. You know, Touch and Go, I would say, is the only song that people might know from it. And even that song, that's the catchiest song on the album. Even that's oh, kind I of I love Misfit Kid, and that's, man. And that's kind of weird. It's still, even that's weird. Amazing guitar soloing. Actually, I think this is, um, L.A. Easton's best guitar solos are on this album. I agree with you. Uh, he, he's doing amazing licks on Touch and Go. My favorite song on the album, one of my favorite car songs, is a uh, very offbeat, atmospheric track, deep track called uh, You Wear Those Eyes on the second side. And and I think it's L.A. Easton's best guitar solo in the cars. Amazing guitar solo. But it, it's a really cool album. It leans more into the new wave side. In fact, the, the this title track, the first track, is probably the most difficult song to get past. Uh, but it's worth it. Once you get past that song, and it's a cool song, I love it, but it's a song that I can hear. People will start hearing that, and it's like, this ain't Let's Go. This ain't, you know, Let the Good Times Roll. <laughs> you know? It, it, it's hitting you. It's very kind of, um, kind of like the darker side of Devo. It's a very hard-hitting kind of almost a futuristic sounding opening but once you get past that song you'll hear that this is kind of the the next evolution of the cars and there are melodies there are hooks throughout but they're just not as easy to get to as on the first two albums and I, i love this to me the first three cars albums are their best albums i do love shake it up and um and and i like heartbeat City, Heartbeat City is a good album and obviously has some really great songs on it. I love Drive and it's a good deep album. Tracks. There are some good deep tracks, but I With definitely Benjamin, though. I definitely like the first four albums the best though. Um, and especially and, and even more so the first three albums. Stranger it? Eyes and um, It's Not the Night that uh, Benjamin yeah. sings on those albums. Fucking great. They are really good songs, and I do really like them. I listen, the first five Cars albums are all worth getting. I think yeah. that last one they did, Door to Door, is uh, a little spotty. Not well, that. Door to Door was kind of a bunch of old demo tracks. They put yeah. like Tattoo Way Away. Yeah. I like it. It's a fun album, though. It's, it's not bad. Right. I, I wouldn't recommend it to people. I mean, I mean, obviously, well, if, if you got to it last. Listen to get it last. Get it last. I agree. Get it last. I mean, yeah. It grows on you. You know, I'm going to re-listen to it tomorrow, too. I haven't listened to that. Libra Stay is a great song. I will re-listen to that. But that that, that does feel kind of like the After the Party is Over album, you know? Yeah. Well, they were saying, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, like they kind of have their feet out the door by that point. But definitely, definitely get the first five Cars albums. They're classics. They're essentials. And I would, I highly recommend 1980s Panorama. You know, we we got through a Panorama. Now listen to a Panorama. <laughs> what, what, what do you think? Of, uh, what do you got to recommend, Eric? 
Uh, I got two things I gotta recommend. First one I'm gonna get through fast, and the second one I, I promised I would recommend it. Um, so the first one I'm gonna do a musical one, uh, Sabir. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm right now I'm in a big Cars kick. After listening to this album, I'm just listening to Cars like nonstop. Uh, but before that, I was in a big Wasp kick. I was just listening to Wasp. And if you're looking for a newer band that sounds a lot like Wasp, especially early Wasp. I would listen to Sabir. Amazing, like, you know, new wave of traditional heavy metal bands. Um, they have one EP called Gates Ajar, and they got two amazing singles, one called Mistress Mistress and the other one called uh, uh, Ice Cold Lust. Just everything that band's done is amazing, and I'm really looking forward to their debut album. They have that classic Wasp sound down. They're just, you know, in a little bit of fast way, too. If you like fast way, they got a little bit of a fast way sound as well. Yeah. Really killer band, man. I love Sabir so goddamn much. And then I I bought myself uh, as like a Christmas present because as you guys know, and I'm just gonna keep it private though. I'm I'm going through some stuff in my personal life. So and I'm a male and I need certain I have certain needs. I bought myself a custom video, and I've never done this shit before. I bought myself a custom video from Sophie Tite, and it was fucking phenomenal. It was set to music. There was Love Machine by Wasp, Take Me Up by Wasp, and Animal Fuck Like a Beast by Wasp. She did everything I wanted. She did a nurse's outfit. It was phenomenal. I recommend any of our single listeners out there, lonely male single listeners out there, uh, definitely order a custom. It's pretty interesting. It was the first time I've ever done something like that. It was phenomenal. And uh, yeah, I, that, those are my two recommendations. Right on. Right. Oh, yeah. And also uh, check out Life Without a Net by Van Halen. Great TV. No, don't check that out. Don't check that out. <laughs> I, I, actually, that's a good segue to the final thing I want to plug <laughs> I had to say that. I, 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 oh, I got another recommendation. Don't listen to fucking Van Hagar. God but, damn. Uh, yes, but listen to the episode that's going to be up after this episode. Because, yes, Mark Daly. Yeah, a little shout out to Mark Daly. He's he's chomping at the bit for this. This it, and believe me, he's gonna love it. It's, yeah. e- everyone's gonna love it. This, the, the, our, we are doing a Van Hagar album, and we got Bushy, the one and only Bushy. To uh, it, he was a real sport, and he's he's on the episode, and it's a real fun episode. It's really crazy. We got really drunk. Eric's gotta do a lot of crazy editing. And oh my and, god, but, yeah. But, but, but believe me, he's gonna keep leave that shit in. He's gonna leave all no, the No, Mark. He'll leave the funny shit. In. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna leave the good. We did some. We did come up with some great like shit on that episode. Yeah, there, there, there's like one point hey, where I we, keep my I keep my funny my shit moving. It's not like no normal. Yeah, yeah, it's moving all right. <laughs> Fuck there, you. <laughs> but there was a lot of laughter. We had a lot of fun. Well, uh, it's I, funny because we got something well, in common because uh, Bushy did my OU812 episode with us. So me and Lee. God, that but, guy is a glutton for punishment. Uh, hey, like, no, I agree. It was, it was a punishment, Mark. He was like, they like, were. Was, yeah, we were agreeing. The what fact we, that Bush, you and Bushy, listen to Van Hagar and enjoy it, to me, what, that's what, like the equivalent of like guys that like getting their balls crushed what, and get turned did on by week, it. We did two week thing. He did women and children first, but I disagree. I, I disagree with him. He likes OU812 better than women and children first. Oh my god. That, that and I don't even crazy. understand that. You oh know how much I, I don't even understand that shit. 
Even Mark doesn't get that. Yeah, I don't get it. Even oh Mark God. doesn't get your face. I don't get yeah. it. Women and Children First is amazing. He I was, like oh OUA 2812. It's not better than Women and Children I, First. Come I, on. Bushy's great, but you know, he lives up in the mountains. They don't get as much <laughs> they don't get as much oxygen. To me, if you say OU812 is better than Women and Children First, I'm all for people having different opinions, but that's just wrong. That's he like does. That's like like but like that's like saying like oh it turns me on when girls like kick me in the balls like that no that's not hot that's weird hey hey hold it hold it hold back because oh yeah because now the got, only we might have a whole episode where we where we actually are interacting with Bushy in real time <laughs> yeah. it's now in the past oh my god but will be the next episode it's and gonna only... fucking blow you away yeah the only reason now we were gonna upload that episode next we're uploading this episode next. The only reason why is because Mark Daly wants to hear that episode so bad, and we were going to upload it because we're like, oh, Mark wants to hear the episode so bad. But then I remember he's a New York Rangers fan, so we're going to make him fucking wait. I fucking hate the Rangers, Mark. Pick a <laughs> better hockey team. You're going to wait, but you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Everyone's going to love it. I'm a Kings fan. It's one of our best episodes. Let's wrap this shit up. Okay. You don't, have to, up. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> I'm, tur- I'm turning on the lights. Ah, bright light, bright light. Yeah, my wife is wondering where the fuck I'm at. Right okay, okay. Every, everyone fuck off. <laughs> fuck off, everyone. Good night. I love you, but fuck off. Yeah.